Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yes, living the dream on another spectacular Saturday, Fox Football Saturday. It is Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We have a huge day in college football today now that the bogus college football playoff rankings have been exposed. Yeah, we, I don't even care about them right now because they don't mean anything. I mean, but other than they sort of position teams uh, and they also sort of telegraph what the, the committee's thinking. What I mean by position teams, it's almost like if you're up in the top three, let's say, and all of a sudden you have a loss and you drop back to eight, you can still get back into it. You know, whereas if let's say you're undefeated and you're in ten and you have a loss and you drop down to like you or you drop out of it, but then you like win your way back in, it's almost impossible to break back through. All right, let's, so it sort let's of get back tells to... you what you, they think they're they're thinking as the season ends. Here's what they're thinking: uh, ESPN runs the SEC and the ACC. <laughs> you have two SEC ratings. teams, and you basically have two ACC teams because Notre Dame plays it's a an half, ACC, ACC schedule. It's an ACC yeah. schedule, and they should be in an ACC conference, by the way. Which I don't understand why they I don't understand. Do that. But the bottom line. Is is that the you know Clemson at number four? Where, I'm not quite sure where that came from. 
It's because they're the I reigning mean, like, champs. What? They're the reigning champs. And whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's easier to supposedly, justify. Suppo- it's easy to justify with your uh, bosses. You, right now, do you think Clemson is uh, better than Ohio State? I don't know. I mean, they got to play each other. But I mean, if okay, let's let's put ourselves I mean, if, in this. I, I always have. To, I always do that because that's my. I'm a true competitor. I want right. these guys to play it on the field. But let's pretend we're the committee right, right now. This that's week, neutral field. You got right. Clemson, Ohio. Clemson, State. Ohio State. This week, I'm going with Ohio State, man. Yes. Although, although I say this, there is usually usually that kind of letdown effect if you have this big, crazy, emotional win like let's Ohio say State they had last played week. any game. Let's, let's they're say they're both yeah. coming say, off a bye week. Yeah, or let's say, you know, it's yeah. like the season's done, compartmentalize it moving right. forward. Yeah. I'm giving the edge to Ohio State. Well, I mean, if getting, they lost. Clemson lost to Syracuse. That's a tough Ohio, place to go, though. Ohio State's one losses to Oklahoma. Yeah, or Penn State's one losses that. on the road. I don't play that game. Well, but they do. Who See, the, oh, okay, okay, I, I get, mean, again, I get, again I the, reason, the reason Clemson is sitting there is that they are, about the, the ACC is a property of ESPN. Yeah. That's it. That's simple as that. For instance, let, let's go over this. They have Wisconsin at number nine because they haven't played anybody, right? Yeah. Which is interesting because their schedule ranking actually right now is ahead of Alabama's. On who Alabama's played this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going on, well, Wisconsin hasn't played anybody, their strength of schedule going into today is actually stronger than Alabama's. Alabama had their opening game against Florida State and hasn't played anybody Well, since. what they're thinking there is they're thinking game control. Because you got to remember, that's another big factor when it comes into deciding these rankings. And the, <laughs> yes. and the committee's always talked about that game control, game control which they feel like is the neutralizer, the equalizer with the strength of schedule. So if you have an easier schedule, but if you dominate that you know, schedule more so than a team that has a stronger schedule and hasn't lost, then they're going to side with a team that's been more dominant. But, but Alabama's been more dominant, so I get that. Here's what they do. But it's remember, Alabama, too. Come on. ESPN's carrying all these college football games. Number one, Georgia. Yeah, they're yeah. promoting their game, so be, they're able to put that number exactly. in front of the schools that they are promoting. This yeah. is how this all works. But also, where's the biggest fan base of college football in the United States of America? In the South. Oh, so if you put a lot of teams mm-hmm. from the South early right. in the playoffs, yeah, the probability that you're going to get a lot more clicks, views. Of course. Only exponentially they are using goes the roof. this as a marketing tool yes. to get people to watch oh, these no games. Question. Oh, there's I got to no watch. George is number one. Well, I got to oh, see number see one, that. George. Yeah, we got to see how they fare. They're the best team in the country, right? right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's all conspiracy. a marketing ploy. Yes. The whole thing is bogus. It is what it is. But that does not take away from the fact that we have a lot of good college oh, football yeah. today. I mean, well, we got a lot of big games. Well, the one that's just already jumped out of me is this Indiana Wisconsin game because Indiana, Indiana winless in Big Ten yeah, play. Yeah, but they are capable. I mean, we yeah. saw them play very well against Ohio State. They've had some decent wins. Uh, not anything that would just put you in like the national conversation, but enough to where you say this guy they got they got enough talent to cause issues. Is Wisconsin's learning right now, and uh, you just never know with one of those teams to where they'll nip you if all of a sudden you come in there a little, you know, lackadaisical. Which right now uh, Wisconsin's getting punched in the face. All right, Penn State, Michigan State's another big game going on right now. Penn State is leading this one fourteen seven. Last week, we were sitting here when Saquon Barkley returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, saying there's his Heisman moment. It's fascinating, because on your screen, it says 14-7. to 7. What are we watching? Something like, is it slow? We're watching TV right now, and it yes. says Michigan State's up 7 yeah, no, to nothing. It's 14-7. I know. I'm so, am I, wait, am I in an alternate universe right now? Yeah, What's going on here? Why is the TV? That's not even the game. 
What is going yeah, on here? This, it's Penn that's State a, that's like last year's game. Maybe it is a rerun. What are we doing here, guys? We got hey guys. Listen what what is on the? Why are we, we got, watching yes, a Penn State got, Michigan State game from last year? <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out here. I'm I'm looking at this in front of Steven. I'm looking at the TV. I'm like, no, wait, it's, it's 14 to seven uh, Penn State uh, right now. Well, you got to give Penn State credit because that's a tough one, man. I, I've been there where you just get punched in the gut. You give up a game that there's no question you should have won, which Penn State should have last week. And it's their own flipping fault for losing that, by the way. And I'll tell you more about that later on. Well, uh, by the way, Saquon, how about, how about, uh, Saquon has got a long ways to go. A long, long way. Long ways to go. 44 yards rushing, two yards of carry oh, last week. Disappeared he was, he in was the, the problem. Quarter. He was the problem, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. All right, well, I'll tell you what was not a problem for Ohio State last week is JT Barrett, 13 for 13, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He's got to be number one in your list. Got it. We will have we'll my Heisman out. update coming up. But I'm going to tell you about Penn State. Yes. There's nothing more challenging than getting punched in the gut. Look, they updated the score. Oh, for wow. That was <laughs> They put 14 on the board like it was a blink of an eye. But hey, yeah. I'll tell you this. There's nothing worse than getting beat like you did last week and then finding a way to bite, scratch, crawl your mind mm-hmm. back into a place where you can go out and play well. And so you got to give Franklin a lot of credit, man. James Franklin, my guy. I knew him with the Packers. He's done great things. And this is the true test of a coach. Can you reset the minds of these young, impressionable kids? They're on Twitter. They go to class. Everybody's talking to them about the disasters of a game that it is. Can they go and they pull themselves together? It looks like they have so far. And, heck, to top it all off, they're on the road. You know what I mean? That even makes it more difficult. So, so far, so good for Penn State. But, man, that's a tough one to recover from. Yeah, if you look at all these highly ranked teams, the only team that seemingly had a walkover was Wisconsin. Well, and they're seemingly. losing 10-7 to right now, seven minutes to go in the first half against an Indiana team that, again, is 0-5 in Big Ten play. Uh, down the road, I mean, well, I'll tell you about a game down the road. Yeah. Uh, Miami hosting Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to beat them. Down in Miami. Not, Notre Dame's playing some good football. Where they're playing good. Do you think they're a top three lines. team in the is oh, yeah. Notre Dame better than Ohio State? I don't know. Uh, I would ha- let me let me think about that. Are they One better than Penn second. State? I believe this is what I, I right now look at Ohio State as the most complete team in all college football. Right. They're physical on the both offensively, defensive line wise. They have speed. They cover. They rush. Uh, when you look at like just sort of all their marks, right. as good as anybody across the board. Sure. Uh, but the thing that Notre Dame does really well is they win the line of scrimmage offensively. Defense. The question is, defensively is the one the, where I start to question. Offensively, I think they have enough skill position. But defensively, do they have enough speed and athleticism to play in space and to cover? I don't know yet. And that's right now the little question mark. Do you mark. feel like Notre Dame's going to run the table here? I feel it. I'm feeling it. I'm wow. feeling they're going to run now, the table. Now, they don't have a conference championship game, so they'll be done after and that I, last game. And I do game. believe because Stanford. of their name, they're in. Oh, obviously. If they lose one game, they're in. No question. Yeah. if they yeah No, if they lose one game this coming stretch, they're out. No, no, no. I mean, if loss. they finish with one yeah. loss. No, they're in no matter what. No but matter. I don't believe they should be in, though. Do you know there's a scenario where Wisconsin can end up the only undefeated team and not make the playoff? Yeah, because Notre Dame would be in before them. Well, exactly. I mean, if, if Wisconsin, if Wisconsin, and they should be undefeated, should be, of course, they're losing today, going into the Big Ten championship game, and let's say some fluky, you know, they win 13-12, some fluky yeah. play like that, and then let's say, let's say, Georgia, Alabama. Let's say let's say Georgia has one loss. Like Georgia loses a game, sure, and then they beat but then Alabama, upsets Alabama. So they both have one loss, Ooh. one loss. Notre Dame. 
And then, and then there's an undefeated Big Ten team that you don't invite to the playoff. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you. That it would is, do, I mean, that would be terrible on so many fronts. But I'll say this about Notre Dame. I'm even a little. And I then mean, you would have one loss Clemson. I'm on the committee. And, and a one loss Clemson team. Yeah. One loss Clemson, one loss Alabama, one loss Georgia, one loss Notre Dame. Boom. There's yeah, your final see, four. See, my thing is, I when we talk about this, I always have to kind of switch mindsets right. to be like, okay, how does the committee think versus how do I think? Yes. And so uh, and so I'm switching back. For, I'm going to tell you how in Brady Papinga's world, Notre Dame wouldn't even have a chance unless they're undefeated. Because you got to go through a conference championship. I don't care if you're playing USC at home and. You know, you're doing this, all this, you know, like this, uh, what do they call that schedule? Like you're playing a conference schedule. Well, it's an independent schedule. Yeah, it's yeah. basically an independent schedule. But you got to go undefeated. you got to go through a championship game to get to the playoffs. Because every team who, uh, who goes to the championship game, they're by far risking more. And if you're going to risk more, you better be in position to win more. And unfortunately, if you don't have that risk factor, you shouldn't be able to have access to the same reward. Unless you just completely blow everybody else out of the water, which would mean you're undefeated season. Right now, Notre Dame should be eliminated from the playoffs, from my mind. But uh, I'm not coming from my mind when I'm trying to predict what the, the flipping committee's going to do. The committee's on the payroll. The committee yeah. is on the payroll. They're here yeah. to start marketing SEC, ACC games to get eyeballs on those games. Yeah, well, because marketing those the ESPN are the brand. ESPN yeah, properties. Exactly. And that's where Notre Dame comes in because you start to associate that with the ESPN Absolutely. brand, even though they got the NBC you know, TV yeah. schedule. They don't get anything out of the Big Ten. That. They don't get anything nah. out of the Pac 12. They don't get anything out of the Big 12. They don't get anything there. What about, it's all this? about the SEC? What ACC. if the Fo- I mean, what I would love to see is yeah. I would love to see Fox. Do a little kind of counterpunch the ESPN. Would be nice. Let's create a legit tournament. Mm-hmm. But everybody that ESPN picks, fine. You guys pick them. You can call them whatever you want. But we're going to have a fun end-of-the-year tournament. We're going to call some cool, like, Fox, you know, college football tournament. I'm glad you mentioned this. And uh, we're going to make big games out of it. We're going to bring the Bulls into these. So now the Bulls actually have meaning. And it's going to be like a fun tournament that maybe doesn't consider some champion like a national championship. All right, I want to get into that. some other kind of thing. Uh, Rocky Long, the coach at San Diego State. You know, one of those schools out of the group of five that has no path to a national championship. I'm going to tell you what he said this week when asked about the rankings and this uh, national championship uh, playoff. Between uh, quotations. uh, Between quotations. (laughs) Plus... What the hell's going on with Ezekiel Elliott? All coming up next. Harbin and Papinga. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the bogus national uh, uh, tournament, a playoff ESPN made for TV, whatever you want to call it, uh, that obviously is a marketing tool for ESPN to promote the SEC and the ACC, uh, which they did in their opening rankings. So... Uh, Rocky Long, San Diego State yeah. football coach, Love uh, was asked, and again, a guy that's been around the game a long, long time, right? He's a savvy old vet. He's no a question. savvy old, and he, and he says it like it is. He's not going to sugarcoat things. No, no, he's, he's at honest. that point in his life where he's, he'll he say what he less. wants. Yeah, he could care less. <laughs> he he's no very filter. secure at San Diego State. Exactly. Anyway, so um, they asked him about the playoff situation. He said it's a joke. That was his opening line. And he says, look, there are 11 conferences in the FBS. 11. You have 11 conference champions, and then you have five at-large teams. It's 16 teams, just like every other level. He says they do it in high school. Yeah, they well, do it they in one double-A, Division two, Division three. They do it everywhere. You have 11 conference champions, and you have five at-large teams, and you have a 16-school playoff. Legitimate. 
legitimate, yeah. legitimate playoff, which they do at every <laughs> other level. Every other like, – even high school does it, he says. Well, unfortunately, they're not going to do that of out of the not. gates no. because Well, they're too committed much money. now because they've got a, about another 10 years on this contract. I'm not worried about that. Contracts – trust me, I've had enough experiences recently to know that contracts mean absolutely squat how you interpret them and what yes. you want to do with them. So they, that can adjust at any time. And that's why Fox has to be big here. Fox needs to make their own tournament. That essentially goes head-to-head with this. Then they need to get in cahoots with the NCAA. Well, what they need to do first – is they need to build a tournament and not and not coin it as this is the national championship tournament. Not like try to make it like, hey, this is going to pop out the champ because you know that the, there's going to be a bunch of qualified teams for the national championship kind of you know label that are going to be gone. So you're just taking the next best of the group that's in the you know the big cha- the, the the bowl games, the Vegas Bowl, the the other well, why BCS does the, the games Big Ten and the Pac-12 just listen, pull listen, out listen, listen of this ESPN tournament? Listen, because there's too much money. But here's the thing. And then what Fox can do is they can now leverage a tournament atmosphere, which is exciting. Everybody loves tournaments. I mean, I don't care if you got a tournament going on in your business or your your job. Everybody goes crazy. March Madness over it. is the only reason college basketball but exists. That. But think about it. It's, but it's not even about who's champion. It's just literally like competition. And, and you're always who's going to advance. And then you get these upsets, and then you get teams that you maybe never thought based right. off of schedule, strength, yes. schedule, all these metrics we use to try to determine how good a team is right. that goes up against a team one day uh, that everybody thinks is going to dominate them because of their, between quotations, their resume, and all of a sudden they get beat. I mean, that's exciting. And so what you would then do is you would take that package, which is that tournament, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, and you go and you show, hey, look at the ratings. Look at the money we're generating. Now you got something that's going to make the NCAA listen. Because they're not going to listen unless it's money. Because they're the most greedy organization maybe in the history of the United States of America. I mean, they go as far as exploiting athletes aged 19 to 21, football and basketball players, out of wages. No other organization known to our country's history has like done this? that and gotten away with that. Yes. So if you know that they are so money-hungry and greedy, then play to that. And Fox, what they can do is they are going to be able to have something, a package, that they can compete with, ESPN with, and it's bigger, because and it's a legit tournament. You're not choosing... You know, who, who we're going to go get a committee. No, you're basically saying, okay, ESPN's going to take who they're going to take, and then we're going to take the next best. We're going to take conference champions. We're going to do basically what Rocky Long says. We're going to do that. And then, lo and behold, all of a sudden, you have something to compare it to. That's where there's going to be movements. And Fox can do it. They can pull it off. They have enough TV rights to where they can pull this off, make it exciting, and then they make it to where it's viable. When they have it be viable with the money, then the NCAA will listen, and then – there may be a change. But until then, we're going to still stick with this. I mean, I feel like I beat my head in the desk and every day. I said from we the talk get-go. about this flipping rating rankings. They don't mean junk. They don't mean anything. As bad as the FBS was, and it was bad, I said when they went to What, the to BCS? A, no, I, uh, the BCS. I'm sorry. Yeah. As bad as the BCS was. Oh, it was When terrible. they went they to a force, I said, this will be worse. Worse. You are doubling well, the pain. It got, it got a little bit better. 
No, it didn't. Yeah, because at least, at least you have some no, elements the there. The BCS championship BCS basically was, was tried to match the up the two best teams in a championship But it was the worst game. of the worst because it used, compu- used so many metrics that don't mean anything. Well, wh- what are they using now? They at least have committee members that committee have Committee members human, that are on the payroll. I get that, but they have a human element of evaluating they what a team not, looks it's like. There's no human element I'll here. They this. are told what to do. Well, I, whether they're told what to do or not. How can you walk out of that room in Lake Clemson ahead of Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Penn State? Yeah, okay. How's that possible? I'm telling you, it's, there are mistakes. I'll tell you how it's possible. I'm not saying ESPN it's saying we need to promote the ACC. We need yeah. to legitimize Clemson despite that loss to Syracuse. We need eyeballs on Clemson. We need people to turn on the TV to say, oh, oh there's Clemson, man. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, the number four right player there. right yeah, there, exactly. number four. Yeah. I no, mean, I'm it, with you. It's, the whole thing it's is a, a bad scam. deal. It's, it's a bad deal. Scam. But it's still better than BCS. The BCS was the worst. BCS was just simply trying to figure out two teams to play for a championship. It was terrible. So you're, you're still saying that because of 2004 with Utah, USC, <laughs> and Oklahoma. I don't know. I mean, I, I still don't know. I still think if they, today, had, if they you, would have matched you, you up, know that Utah, I don't know. Under the current rules, there's no way that Utah team, even undefeated, would have been in the Final Four. Oh, no. No, not even close. Even not though, even, even close. Even though after I played both of them, I'm thinking, flip, Utah yeah. might beat USC. So how would that have been better <laughs> if you had sat there with an undefeated Utah team and then you announced oh, that would have been four, really upset. And they are not in it. Yeah, that would I mean, that would have blown my mind. But, That's uh, worse than hey. that. This is just like okay. Ohio State it's last year. It's still bad. Year. I mean, I'm you just talking about the worst versus Penn State even worse. beat Ohio State, <laughs> and they won the Big Ten championship, and, and they got you. locked out. And I mean, this year, if Wisconsin happens, if that scenario plays out like you said, and Notre Dame gets in, a one-loss Notre Dame team gets in over a Wisconsin team that's undefeated that wins the and Big Ten. And a one-loss Clemson team gets in. Oh, my gosh. That would be undefeated. That, I mean, that would be just so blatantly biased yes. that you just, you just throw out the whole system. Right. You, you just stop recognizing. We just stop as media members recognizing that the, whoever wins this between quotation tournament is national champs. We got to stop that. And that would be another big one. If we stopped acknowledging like the national champs as the team who wins this well, tournament. I don't acknowledge any national champs because well, no, there isn't there, any. There aren't any. Exactly. There's never been an NCAA champion in Division One football ever, <laughs> ever. There's no one that's, that's ever the best question. You know, an AP <laughs> champ, a UPI champ, a, uh, and that's the best trivia question I think ever. Right. I mean, I, I've who talked has to won the so most, many. Who has won the most NCAA championships in Division One football? I'll say this. The one that gets them all is I'll say, okay, name one NCAA champion in football the last 50 years. Yeah. And they'll look at you like, wait, you mean like over the last what? I mean, yeah, they're just like so blown yeah. away. Yeah. You, have, then, to, you, you have to say, qualify, though, Division One football. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, Division NCAA, one, Division, Division one, one football, football champions. Yeah, name yeah. them. <laughs> it's easy. There's never been one. Zero. Zero. <laughs> It's just how do they get oh, away so with this? Every single sport, We're, both the men's the and women's side, is they naked. hand them an NCAA championship. Except Steve, football. the emperor is naked, and yeah. when you make a lot of money from that emperor who's naked, you're going to just pretend that he's dressed, right? Even though he's got everything hanging out, you're going to be like, "Hey, man, the guy's dressed. He's paying me good money. What if he but, he wants to say he's dressed? He's dressed." But, but here's That's the thing: what's going on. how this happened is very simple. The NCAA, actually, I mean, college football, college football has been such a force in this country. From the oh get-go. Gosh, I mean, yeah. going back to the 19th century, you yeah. know, when the Yales and the Harvards oh, and yeah. the Ivy League schools. And then you go back. I mean, you go back to the first Rose Bowl. Michigan, Fielding Yost had this incredible team yeah, yeah, long yeah. before the NCAA even existed. Mm. So when the NCAA cre- was created, college football, you, people have no idea. When you go back to the 1920s with Ray Grange, the Galloping Ghost at the University of Illinois, you know how big a star that guy was? They're packing in 100,000 people Man. at those games. It's yeah. Soldier Field. All without NCAA. 
So now, the what is the? I mean, I'm sort of confused. College football. Why? What is the? Like, what's the purpose of the NCAA? Are they, are they supposed to? Are they like to a put regulatory money in their pockets? You but I mean, in theory, they're yeah. like a regulatory committee. Exactly. They're yeah, supposed the to like wealthy. run everything. Exactly. Make oh, sure that they, make sure they protect the student athlete. Yeah, they're protecting yeah. that. Protecting the student athlete. That's what they're doing. Protecting that pocketbook <laughs> in the name of protecting the student athlete. Huh? It's working out for you. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Alex Marvez is going to be joining us. Yeah. We get the latest on his uh, Florida coach walking out. By the way, they're getting blown out today at Missouri without McIlwain. Nothing more to the more like Plus, the latest on Ezekiel Elliott. How much longer is this guy going to be able to play before he has to serve that suspension? But let's bring in David Gascon right now. David. What's up, guys? Busy day today in college football. It is. Is uh, BYU going to get a victory? BYU coming up their big win against <laughs> yes, uh, I'm San telling Jose you, State. Man, the Fresno State. I am not optimistic. <laughs> they, uh, you know, Fresno's given up, I think, 14 points. That's yeah. probably going to be the outcome. I, be, I, I would bet if I had a bet. You put up 41 on the 1 and 8 Spartans <laughs> well, of San Jose State. Well, that's a little bit different than Fresno State. Fresno yeah. State's, you know, Teffords do some good there. I, I'm just, I, I'm not optimistic about BYU right now. They haven't done anything to change. Their current ineptitude. So t- until they do, what's going to change on the field, right? Yes. I can't. I can't tell you anything. Oh, by the about. way, we've just been told when uh, when Marvez joins us that uh, we cannot reveal to him the score. Oh, He's really? Recording it or something? Uh, so oh, do, you uh, can't do that. So we'll talk about McElwain <laughs> like uh, parting ways, right but we there. won't tell them that okay. they're getting blown out of Missouri. All right, right. update us, David. Some, what do we got? Let's get some real scores then. Penn State and Michigan State are going at it. Sorley takes it. They rush four. Back, time, delivers over the middle. He's got him inside the 15, to the 10, Hamilton to the 5, near corner, touchdown, Penn State. A 92-yard drive by the Nittany Lions, their longest drive of the season. Yeah, they lead in this ballgame 14-7. Michigan State has the football. The only problem is neither team is on the field. Lightning strikes near the uh, facility right now for Michigan State and Penn State. They have to sit up for quite a bit because of the weather delay. Still a lot of time left in the second quarter. There's about 7.58 to go in the first half. Number nine, Wisconsin now leads at Indiana, 14-10. I know Steve was panicking earlier today. I don't know why about Indiana, but whatever. Number 14, Auburn leading Texas A&M, 14-13. UMass up by seven at Mississippi State, 20-13. Guys? All right, David, thank you so much. By the way, just updating Saquon Barkley today against Michigan State, three carries, one yard. This guy has a lot to learn still. Yes. Tremendously f- physical gifts, mm. but the techniques of running the ball, not very good. Not right, even at a high school level. We're coming to you live right now from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Join us right now. Sirius XM NFL Radio, Sporting News NFL Insider. He is... The man that knows it all, shares it all in such a short amount of time. And no, we will not update the Florida game for him. (laughs) So we're promising you that, Alex. But before we get to some NFL talk, last week we were talking about McIlwain. It's gone. Uh, Another change for your Gators right now. Where is this football program as we speak? Well, I mean, it's 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 a mess. I mean, it's what it is, especially because, you know, and you know, people sometimes live in the past, and I think there's an expectation that Florida football is going to, you know, always be like the Urban Meyer years, the Spurrier years, the Halcyon years, and that's just simply not the case in such a competitive conference as the SEC. And you know, with this next coaching hire, they need to get it right. You know, the only positive with Dan Mullen going when he does is they can hit the ground running now on a replacement. I don't think it'll be Randy Shannon being promoted on an interim basis. You never say never. We'll see how the team responds. You know. 
over the final couple games of the season. But uh, to me, Dan Mullen, Scott Frost, these are obviously the two hot names going on around. But no, it, it, what do you say? I mean, it's been, it, and you know, a lot of it comes down to the problem that has been haunting the Gators. It's offense and it's quarterbacking. Hmm. And I still don't know if they have an answer on that roster. I got a name for you, Alex. Tell me how this rings to your ears. Chip Kelly. Chip would be interesting, you know. Of course, it would have to be a it would be a very different culture change. And listen, Steve Spurrier's in the building too, and that's the interesting <laughs> part about this. And I say that because you I don't know, buy listen, Steve, man. I just don't buy the guy. Well, just here's the thing. Too you old. Know, well, I'm not I, with Chip Kelly. Listen, I, I mean, people would probably go nuts, and maybe his offense can work at you know at the college level once again. Clearly, it didn't work at the NFL level. But you know, with Steve Spurrier in the building, this is an interesting thing because you know that Wisconsin dynamic, right, where Barry Alvarez would would put his nose in, and eventually, you know, coaches got tired of of Barry always being around. FSU sort of had to push Bobby Bowden aside and just make him a public speaker so Jimbo Fisher could get this program up off the ground. There, I mean, it's sometimes hard when you have a giant of a figure like this there. Jim McElwain reportedly, according to Matt Hayes, I think he's running for CBS now, but you know, he reported earlier this week that you know Spurrier had reached out twice to McElwain uh, you know, during the season to try to offer some suggestions on offense and got rebuffed. Well, that puts everyone in a tough spot. You know, should Steve just be, you know, sitting around in an honorary alumni type role that he's in, or should he be offering advice and, and should McElwain be turning it down if the old ball coach who knows a thing or two about putting points on the board wants to give him some things that he thinks will help the program and Steve is very loyal to Florida Gators despite his time in South Carolina so it's a mess the other thing that goes into it financing Will Muschamp still making 1.5 million dollars from the Gators they got to figure out how this thing's going to work with McIlwain on the buyout and then have money left over from boosters to hire a new head coach and potentially buy someone else out it's a mess uh Brady do not mention Chip Kelly he's already taken UCLA as soon as they get rid of that (laughs) dog Jim Moore that dog Jim Moore. All hey, right, man. now, Alex, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, they, they thought, no, this it's too late. There's no way he's going to be able to play this game against the Chiefs. Second Circuit Court said, yeah, go out and play another game. But at what <laughs> point here, I mean, now if he were to start the six-game suspension the following week, that would only leave him two regular season games before the playoffs if, indeed, the Cowboys are, are there. I mean, are the Cowboys running a little bit of a risk right now that – this six-game suspension could lap into the postseason? Well, I think everyone is, but I think Zeke Elliott spelled it out on Friday. He strongly believes that he is innocent. I mean, in his, you know, he says, I didn't do the things that I was accused of, and I'm going to continue to fight this until I can no longer fight this. And because of that, I think that anything as far as, like, the, for the betterment of the team or anything like that, I think that all becomes secondary. I mean, this is, you know, something that hits Zeke Elliott personally in his wallet, and it also affects him for the rest of his life if he gets branded someone that is a, a domestic abuser, and he wants to try to fight that. You know, he already was, you know, the Columbus Police Department did not file charges against him. The NFL, though, in its own brand of justice, Justice says that it was obvious by on their part that Zeke Elliott uh, committed domestic violence toward this, this woman, Tiffany Thompson. Well, you know, Zeke, I, I can't blame him for wanting to fight this. I think that we would all feel the same way if we were accused of something that we didn't do and, and would want to continue that. So, you know, of course, if, if it ends up biting the Cowboys in the Tukas and, and Zeke Elliott, for that matter, and, you know, he, he has to serve the six-game suspension and it starts in week 11 or 12 and, you know, potentially into the playoffs, well, I think that's something that he's willing to, to go through in the Cowboys as well. 
because they're standing by this young man. And Jerry Jones, it, it starts at the top. He's the one that, that's you know given Zeke Elliott the type of support and saying, absolutely, we think the NFL is wrong about this. By the way, that's not the only thing Jerry Jones is doing to undercut Commissioner Roger Goodell right now, as we can see by the Papa John situation this week. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm confused here because this isn't a scenario about if he did it or not. This is a scenario more about can the NFL suspend him, whether or not he's innocent or he's guilty. And we've already learned with Tom Brady that the NFL can do whatever they want. They have the collective bargaining agreement. Roger Goodell can suspend anybody for basically anything. That's what we gave him. I don't, I don't see what kind of advice Ezekiel Elliott lawyers are giving them. I mean, the precedent has been set. He's going to get suspended. He's not going to be able to clear his name between quotations from what the NFL is going to bring down on him in terms of a punishment. Well, here's what, they, what their argument is, that, that and I know what you're talking about, Article 46 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement that yeah. gives Roger Goodell a, a wide, you know, a, a, a giant swath to be judge, juror, and jailer of what's going on here. And, you know, the NFL conducting its own investigations, you know, that's come under attack. And the NFL Players Association is going to continue to spend its, its members' money, and apparently right now they're at least at $3.75 million in legal fees, wow. according to Darren Ravel, and this is union fees that are taken uh, from the players to, to fight on behalf half of, of Zeke Elliott in this regard and can and try to, to knock down Roger Goodell's power. See, I'm, I'm with you. What, what happens is that essentially on a district court level, that the district courts say, hey, listen, something's fishy here. The NFL overstepped its bounds. This was an unfair investigation. But then ultimately you get it up to a higher court, the federal court, and the federal courts are loath to get involved in union disputes. They don't want to be, you know, pointing, you know, trying to say who's yeah. right and who's wrong. And that's where the NFL, like they ultimately won with the flakegate. They feel that they're going to ultimately win with this but along the way oh it trust me it's giving headaches to the nfl it's giving headaches to a lot of folks you know that zeke elliott continues to play despite these circumstances all right let's go to papa john's now they are threatening to pull all of their ties to the national football league this is a brand by the way uh that uh papa john's was over the last couple of years I guess, was the most identified sponsor to the NFL. You know, the people yeah. say, who do you identify? Yeah. Oh, Papa John's, right? So the, the, the John lost uh, $70 million overnight, uh, still worth $800 million. <laughs> but we also know that Jerry Jones, who called him a great American, is a man that owns, what, over 100 different Papa yep. John's franchises. So what is this? I mean, is, is, he, is he basically a front guy for Jerry Jones and his continuing effort to force Roger Goodell out? Yeah, it's what it sounds like to me. Now, I can't say that, you know, from having talked to Papa John or Jerry about this myself, but you look at, at all the circumstantial evidence here of what's going on. Jerry Jones holding a, a you know, conference call recently with NFL owners trying to, to block Roger Goodell's extension as NFL commissioner, his attacks on the, on the Ezekiel Elliott investigation, you know, his, his comments about, you know, the national anthem situation. And listen, when you put up Roger Goodell's record, there's a lot of, a lot of blight on it. You yeah. know, there's no question about it. The NFL hmm. has been a very successful league, but you have to ask yourself, could it have been better, perhaps, had Roger Goodell had the foresight, for example, last March when I was asking Troy Vincent about it at the owners' meetings, and, and the NFL was saying, no, we didn't even talk about the anthem. Could you have put something in then, foreseeing that there might have been a problem? I think that's been part of the NFL's situation, that they've been reactive rather than proactive. Why did it take a video of Ray Rice hitting his, his then-fiance to put in a domestic violence policy when you had so many different arrests through the years, and this was something that was coming? I mean, I'm not sure 
sure if it, if it's Rogers Advisors, if if it's just the job. Does, you know, he's got to lean on the people around him because there's only so much you can get done in one day. I'm not sure if he surrounded himself with the right people or not. But Jerry Jones has a lot of power. But here's the thing about it: because of Jerry Jones' power, you may get pushback from other owners to say, "Wait a minute! If we let Jerry get rid of the commissioner, then Jerry's going to put someone in power that he's going to be able to control." What happens to us? Because as we know, Jerry Jones doesn't have a whole lot of sympathy for certain types of owners that are more family-owned type teams. I mean, Jerry wants to make money for the league. For example, Mike Brown and, and the fact that that's Paul Brown Stadium rather than a sponsorship deal, that's something that chafes at Jerry because it's something that could raise more income for the league. And Jerry is looking to monetize everything he can. So there's a lot of different layers to this. And as long as this Roger Goodell contract extension doesn't get finalized, you know, you have to say that, the, that there's a, a stronger and stronger possibility he may not be in this job much longer. Well, one last question before we let you go there. Kaepernick, what's his deal? There's no way he's going to win this collusion case with the owners. Is this just a ploy to keep him and himself, him and his lawyer, in the headlines? Because I don't, I don't get what their end game is because there's no way they're going to win this. Well, that's what I think, too. But, again, you know, you, you sort of, you know, look, they're trying to cause the NFL as many headaches as possible. They're trying to leverage him into getting a job. Clearly, I mean, listen, this was the week that if this guy was going to get employed, it was going to happen, yeah. right, with Houston and Indianapolis and their quarterback situations. And, and listen, from an X and O standpoint, you would think that Colin Kaepernick would be a fantastic fit trying to run some of the same plays as Deshaun Watson. Uh, but, of course, their owner doesn't feel that way, I think. And I'm not sure, you know, quite honestly how, you know, Bill O'Brien thinks. Instead, he signs guys he's familiar with and Matt McGloin, uh, you know, and T.J. Yates. Yikes. So, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> as they're back out of Tom Savage, double yikes. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm with you, but of course, this is something designed to, to listen, get information out there on NFL owners that they don't want out there. You know, their cell phone records, their communications amongst each other, things like this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, while he may not win, there may be a lot of scorched earth in the process. And, and listen, Colin Kaepernick loves the attention. He's retweeting birthday tweets of people saying how great he is. So, wow. you know, that, you know, filling that ego this week. Is he going to get paid? Like, is he looking for maybe a settlement? Because if, if the owners all of a Plus sudden he is, he's to trying open... to get a collusion settlement on on lost wages. That's wow. why he's looking for millions okay. here. Okay, that's what Kaepernick's looking listen, for. This is the same guy who changed his contract, you know, to get out and become a free agent this offseason. Right. You know, he he changed wow. it himself, yeah. leaving millions. Of, <laughs> excuse me, millions of dollars on the table himself. One would say that his agents, and by the way, he's changed agents a couple times, did an awful job when he signed his contract extension, allowing so many loopholes in his deal that he didn't maximize his income. So I, when it comes to sympathy for Colin Kaepernick, that noise you hear in the background is the smallest violin playing in my heart. All right, Alex, we will not <laughs> tell you what the Florida score is. All the other team looks demoralized. Gonna, they look I'm demoralized. Just, I'm just going to just don't say any score. I'm just telling you, Alex, I'm not telling you a score, but this team looks terrible. Well, they don't look yeah, like they want to be there. Well, thanks, I mean, I, I appreciate this. I'm going back to the DVR right now. If, if they're not at a BYU level bad, though, I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're not that bad, my... though. That's your, You got that going for you. I, I think you need to watch the first half before you actually decide that. All right, Alex, as always, man, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, Alex Marvez, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, Sporting News, NFL Insider. Now that he's gone, he's not listening anymore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 28-6 at halftime at Missouri. Disaster. They are getting blown out. All right, we, we touched on it a little bit with Alex Marvez. Two huge stories. The future of Andrew Luck and the devastation of the Deshaun Watson injury. Mm. What does it mean for the league? We're going to tell you coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. You remember earlier you were saying, why is it so dark there in East Lansing? Jeez. I guess now we know there is a weather delay 
in the Penn State-Michigan State game. So uh, it's still 14-7 Penn State uh, in the first half. I'm not quite sure the extent, but uh, Fox is in those studio worst, right dude. now. So a you know, those were weather delay. Every time there's like a strike of lightning that's a certain distance, like if it's too close, it's like, oop, extra 30 minutes. Did Every you ever play in a game that was stopped because of weather? I kn- oh, a oh, preseason game pre-season, in Cincinnati, yeah. which was a disaster because like yeah. we'd go in, go out. I literally, I was like, dude, it was a preseason game. I know, I kept telling anyway. the coaches, like, can't you just look at each other and say we're good and leave? There have been games you know? canceled in the preseason. I told you one time the uh, Bobby Ross, when he was the coach of the San Diego Chargers, they went to Houston, the old Astrodome. Oh, yeah. They walked down the field. He the said, no, no way. That's smart. We're out of here. Yeah. And that was it. The game well, was canceled. Yeah, happened with the Hall of Fame game a couple of years ago with the yes, Packers. exactly. Uh, I forget the other team. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only time. I I was calling a game for Fox Sports 1. It was Navy versus La Tech in yeah. the Cotton Bowl. Yes. I think it was a two-hour rain delay. Whoa. Terrible. I mean, yeah. I was in there hanging out with the uh, the mascots. Right. We are just talking about stuff. And uh, but I realized too, I was like, dude, you got the military guys, and then you got just other like regular students. I was like, the military guys are well more <laughs> equipped to handle this. Yes. And sure enough, Army comes out and just destroys La Tech because yeah. they're just you know Louisiana Texas couldn't get going again. But no, it's a t- oh, it's the worst because you got to right. get warmed so up. So we'll again. keep our eye on that. Uh, yeah, right it's, there. it's no good for either. Big game team. by the obviously for yeah. Penn State on the road. All right, so uh, we were just talking to Alex Marvis. The the Deshaun Watson injury is just. Still unbelievable. I mean, he's in practice, a little pitch play. He feels a little something in his knee. He's walking off the field. He says, it doesn't feel right. They said, well, let's take a look. Torn ACL out for the year. I mean, and a kid that was literally at this point over the last four weeks, statistically, was about to eclipse what Dak Prescott did, at least statistically, uh, is the greatest rookie season ever by an NFL quarterback. Now yeah. what? Well, well, he'll be fine. I mean, here's the bottom line. The, the thing you worry most about with an ACL is the cartilage, and, and you may wonder, what the heck does Brady Papinga know about ACLs? Well, I had two of them. Yes. Okay? And by the way, I came back in record time. So I know what the flip is going on here. Okay. And if your cartilage is good, then he's going to be fine. And the only way you get a cartilage or a potential cartilage issue is your knee buckles to the point to where there's trauma there. Yes. Now, he didn't have that. No. He's like wondering, what the heck happened? There was no, no, there was no buckling. I guarantee you, his cartilage will be fine. It's like changing a tire on a bike. The only thing that takes time is you actually have to put a tendon in the place of a ligament. Now, people may wonder, what the heck is the difference between a tendon and a ligament? A ligament has a little bit more elasticity to right, it. Right, exactly. And so what happens is the reason why the ACL surgery takes so long isn't the recovery. He'll be, he would literally be good to go in a six to eight weeks' time. What takes long is the ligamentation process of that tendon. The tendon's rigid. And so when you put that in the ACL with a bloodstream and sort of just the chemistry of the body turns that tendon into a ligament, that takes six months. What about the mental so, game? About he'll be fine. Just, just, you know, when, when you when you He's torn his ACL first... before, though. That's yes. the thing. He oh, tore, right. That's right. He tore his other one in uh, college. He actually played on it. Yeah. And he came back. Obviously, we understand he came back just fine. Just he's, fine. Going to, okay. he's going to come back, and he's going to be exactly like he is now, but better. You know why? Because he's got a little little time under his belt. He's going to get a little rest. It's never a bad thing, especially for a quarterback, to take a step back and sort of look at it from a different perspective. So all you people next year that are in the fantasy football, you better better put him on your list. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to be good out of the gates. So many people picked him off waivers when suddenly he was thrust in the starting job. He's racking in points. And <laughs> just when he felt good, uh, then it goes. Uh, very quick, I want to get to the Andrew Luck situation. Shut down for the year. I, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I remember a year ago. Just protecting him. A year ago, Andrew Luck played 15 out of 16 games. We knew he wasn't 100%. He had his highest career 
uh, uh, percentage. Uh, he had 31 touchdowns. He played well last yeah, year, but even he though he's 100. percent kept putting himself in harm's way. He was running. He was playing Is like that he's a linebacker. Shot or what's no, going on? No, they're protecting him against himself. It's a long-term investment. Are they they know that they him just can't. Chuck Pagano and to get no, rid of him. They're they're trying to do one thing. They're protecting their asset. They know as good as anybody. It's hard as ever to find a franchise quarterback. Don't put him out in harm's way. The best way to keep the guy around a long time. You know what? You don't have anything really left to play for. Just don't even let him go out and play right now, which they're doing. He'll be fine. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. There's one thing that happened during the week we'll get to, and that was a Dodger choke in the World Series coming up. Oh, we are rolling on on another spectacular Saturday of football right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. By the way, uh, last night, my UCLA Bruins got embarrassed again. Well, they're embarrassing right now, not uh, playing very well. How about Steve? this? How about this? Not Are very you ready well coached this? either. No, they're horribly coached. I mean, let's, let's, not, let's not sugarcoat it. In fact, UCLA this year, this is really unbelievable. So they have had uh, five road games this year, right? Uh-huh. Here's how many points they've given up. They're 0-5 on the road. And in those five road games, they gave up 48, 58, 47, 44, and 48. Jeez. Now, Jim Mora last night was a defensive expert. So you're 0-5 on the road, and the fewest points you've given up on the road is 44. That's That's, the fewest. That's not good. That's not good. But to me, the biggest problem with Jim Mora is how he inter like his demeanor. He is so stressed. Yes. He is so easily uh, annoyed. I mean, mm. he go- he goes after media guys all the time. Like yeah. he, he's, it's almost like he's reading the headlines. That's who. That's his personality. So, but I don't get it. It's like, dude, just chill out, man. You you're in Southern Cali. Well, you're questioning me as you're a getting, coach. Who I cares? have an impeccable record. What's who cares? He's fired twice in the NFL. Yeah, who cares? He was unemployed, unemployable. And UCLA handed him all the talent he inherited, by the way, from Rick Neuweisel. You remember the Anthony Bars, yeah, the Brett Hundleys, yeah. all those oh, guys yeah. he got. Now he's got his guys in place. Four and eight last year. Four and Looking five now. Look at the same. Trying to use Josh Rosen last year. Remember, Rosen was an excuse that he got hurt. So, of course, we'd missed it. Now Rosen's hurt again. He'll try to use that. Oh, you know. Of course. Well, we had had Rosen. Of course. But the thing, the biggest problem. Was that problem, have to do about their defense? Yeah, but the biggest problem is if he could learn to have some poise. Yeah. And just let it, like, just let things sort of go and just have fun. I haven't seen that out of him. And that's what the kids need. I mean, when you looked at USC with Pete Carroll, yeah. that was his uh, mentality. Fun, fun. He was he was really, it was loose, and I mean, you look across the college football landscape. Okay, Alabama is an exception, but uh, most college football, like look at Dabo Sweeney. Did yeah. you see him this last week? By the way, what they did to him? No, oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah. So the it must have been one of his video guys. It was yeah. Halloween, and so Dabo's telling his guys, "Hey, be safe, have a good time," and all of a sudden the lights go out just for a second, and then they turn back on. You know, and, and as the lights went out, this dude dressed in this, like, Grim Reaper costume and just stood right next to him. Where When the lights turned back on, Dabo couldn't see him. Right. And he was standing right to his right. And Dabo's like, whoa, we got a haunted house. And he turns his right, and the dude's standing right there. <laughs> ah! You should look it up on well, the YouTube. Wait a second. Now, now but Jim Mora might say, well, wait a second. Jim Mora would have punched ever, the Do you ever see Nick Saban smiling? Well, that's my Ever? point. I'm, you know, I'm sick and tired of that. Who cares what Alabama does? Like, like you can't comp- – there is no other college football program in the country that you can compare to Alabama. 
A, you got to be in an obsessive part of the country where all they care about is college football, okay? You're in Southern Cali. There's a lot of stuff going on here, okay? Now, you can say that from a lot of places. The next thing is, is that you now have to be in a situation to where if it's all that matters, they're going to funnel every possible resource into that thing. You can't say that again about a lot of places in the country. And then another thing, I don't know. I believe they're paying their guys, at least the top-tiered guys, to come in. I know it's NCAA regulations, but hey. I mean, you are just wiping out the number one program in the country. I'm telling you. I I mean, okay, how about this? I wouldn't doubt if they're paying them. You're right. I can't just say absolutely. I have no – but, I mean, mean, it's just sort of the culture. And so, I mean, you can't sit there and say, and then they get the best guys in the country. You can't say run everything like this. He's angry all the time. Even when they win championships, he's looking at he's angry. That's his style. And everybody looks up to them like, oh, we got to go copy what they do. And the last thing is, is, you know, because BYU did this. It was hilarious. Like, the strength conditioning staff at BYU, they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Alabama and we're going to study their strength conditioning program and we're going to copy it. So let's say I did have the best strength conditioning program in the world, right. known to man, in the mm. history of humanity. Yes. And I had teams coming from all over wanting to know, what's my secret sauce? Do you actually think I'm going to give it to them? <laughs> well, Do you think I no, will? Absolutely not. not. So that's the other point is, like, even if you want to copy Alabama, they're smart enough to where they're not going to tell you what they're doing well. Because not all of, they're not all of them somebody like yeah we oh yeah we want you to do what we're doing because you know we're just we're just in that sharing mood now we want everybody to be an our level no that's not happening so they got to everybody's got to stop trying to compare themselves with Alabama that's not the way to do it what the way to do it is is what works for your particular environment you got to look at what's Chip history Kelly at UCLA hey, you know what if the problem is is money now at UCLA. I, why would they There's go pay? There's not a problem the UCLA money. But UCLA is one of the richest universities what are you in the talking country. About? It's owned by the state of California. A, yeah, but they have they it's have donors. They have okay. such huge right. donors. You see that hospital? You see everything okay. else? The donors. They have they have, they have people have connected to UCLA. Million. You're gonna have to pay chip Whatever five. Whatever it takes. Okay, so you pay chip five mil, and then what is uh, what's left on the books for? Uh, I don't know ten million dollar bail. Whatever. You're good with that. Okay, good. fine. Good. Boom. Bye. Get rid of it. If chip comes in, let's there, say the money's not an issue. There are private donors that are worth billions of dollars. That's like chump change. Get rid of this dog and give me a coach that can start winning football games. If Chip comes in, they'll be better. How they'll long be would it take? really good. Now, no, he, immediately. Josh Rosen will be gone, so he could start day one with his. He offense. would need another quarterback. Well, he Josh get, Rosen he, he is can't get somebody not the to come in. No, well, he's Josh gone Rosen, anyway. We'll get, we're good. I don't, why would he leave? What do you mean, why would he go leave? To the NFL? He, he's going to the NFL. Oh, boy. He's going to get drafted in the second or third round. Second or good third for, round. Good for him there. 49ers. Yeah. You know, I, I remember I mentioned how much Kyle Shanahan loved him until they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, don't think that they're not going to draft a high quarterback, but they're not drafting Rosen. That's that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to nobody's going to give up a top 10 pick for Josh Rosen, and if they do, they're absolute idiots. This guy's not top 10 talent. He's not Carson Wentz. He's not Jared Goff. He's not humble enough. He's not teachable enough. He's not a guy that you think you can bring in and have mold him to be the kind of quarterback you want to be. He doesn't want to learn. Hold on he here. He's now, already arrived. Now, we have our resident UCLA fan here. Rob wants to get in on this conversation. Would you say Josh Rosen is as good a talent as Jared Goff? He's ten times the talent of Jared ten Goff. Ten times you're talking, the talent of Jared Goff. You're yes. talking what kind of talent here? Physical or mental? Both. There he is. Yeah, okay, okay, There's okay. no comparison. This is what I always tell people. I'm going to tell you the same thing, Rob. You're bugging me right now. You better give some facts. You t- tell me right. I've seen the physical. Tell me some mental. Uh, no, I got already four lined up of reasons why he's not mentally strong. But at least give me Robert three is ready for this. mental. Give me three evidences of his mental toughness that translates to the NFL. Go. 
his ability to come from behind against Texas A&M. That Phenomenal. was it, folks. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's break that down. So he throws off the back of his foot a Hail Mary pass that goes through the hands of who? Yeah, a defender of A&M. Yeah, and of uh, 90, oh, let's go like this. Let's go 999,000 out of a million times. How many times does that get intercepted? <laughs> Almost every other time. Thank you very but much. That wasn't okay, the, that wasn't there's the one. Throw he made. Oh, well, 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 the second one, again, he's he, he openly admits it after the game. Oh, I was trying to throw this one out of bounds. It actually gets caught for a touchdown. Right. Again, let's apply the same logic to that one. Out of 999,000 times. Is it his fault they have no defense? Stop. Out of 999,000 times. Of a million, how many times does that pass mm. get intercepted? <laughs> Almost every time. But that Thank wasn't you. the only. That's that mental only... toughness. That's what you call pure stupidity. Okay, that it gets bailed out by luck. What about all the other so throws he we're made? Gonna, that we're going to eliminate. Oh, you've, that's gone. You can't. You can't, <laughs> you can't count. Use... We're done. Okay. <laughs> now we got to go on the next one. Show me another one. I can't count that one. Give me some more evidence. All right. I, I'm looking for the mental toughness evidence. All right, so here. let me let me get this, Rob. Now, Nobody you, has anything. I'm if, telling if you. If you if you had a top ten pick in the NFL draft, would you take Josh Rosen? A thousand percent. Thousand percent. Okay. Well, you would be employed for literally. Right. But let's let's. Six months and right, they'd fire you let, because he's going to be a disaster. Conversation in three years, all right. In three years, oh, after yeah. once he's been in the league three years, that's why oh, yeah. I, I always say three this. years. Three years, all right. Please record this, right. and if I'm right, I'm right. I don't, right. I don't. Okay, I'm not so, the guy that's going to say so, I told you so. But if I'm wrong, I like to know that I'm wrong here. But, uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, every indication points to this guy being a complete. All right, the bottom line bust. is, if if Chip Kelly were to take in the program, he would first of all tell Josh Rosen to leave. I'm not going. I have nothing. I can't do anything with you. Well, I, you you don't. I would do that. Why? I would sit down with him first. And say, hey, man, this is what we want to do. What do you think of it? And I would sit there and see if he's excited. You could tell so much by his body language. And if do you he acts think like a he's Chip Kelly that, offense fits Josh Rosen perfectly? It does. It's Explain. any quarterback that has a quick release. I mean, look what he did with Nick Foles. Don't you have to have that, a little? By the way, what I got? I, I was going to call out Alex Marvez on that. And that is absolutely wrong. And I'm too bad Alex isn't here to debate with me. But yeah. it's absolutely wrong to say the Chips Kelly offense didn't work in the NFL when the Packers, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Carolina Panthers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Houston Texans. And I just could keep going, 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 going. All used the concepts by Chip Kelly. And when he was in there, uh, of all the years, except for when he was in San Francisco, right. his offenses were averaging top five productivity and points scored per game, which is the most important stat, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know how the NFL all of a sudden stopped a team that uh, or an offense that's in top five points scored per game. His offense works everywhere, okay? The problem is it does put your defense in some binds. But your defense has to be able to respond to everything. The point is, is you get a quarterback that can have – Quick decision-making abilities. Right. They don't have to be a runner. And they have a quick release. They can get the ball out before the rush gets there. He'll be fine. Josh Rosen, well, we uh, all Josh agree, Rosen has both has of a it. quick release. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. But I, can you change his mental game? That's the question that I do you would think not Chip bet Kelly, a, you know a, Chip Kelly. He's a no-nonsense. He, he could do it. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet a... Top ten pick on it. By the okay. way, let me let me That's tell you this. Saying. I'm not betting I mean, that on uh, it. Pete Carroll inherited Carson Palmer, who at that point was a bust. He yeah, had all the talent terrible. in the world, and next thing you know, he's handed a Heisman Trophy. And he's had a heck Couldn't of a college Chip Kelly do that with Josh career. Rosen in one year? Yeah. Wow. It depends on Josh Rosen, though. Does Josh Rosen want to listen? Does he want to be teachable? But he also because said that Chip I Kelly needs seen... to be able to bring in his defensive Hey, guy. guys, I haven't seen – I'm going to give you evidence right now, Rob, why I haven't seen uh, the, the humility, the teachability end of it with Rosen. His footwork last two years have been horrendous. 
Whenever he gets pressured, the guy gets happy feet, and he feels like he can bail himself out with a strong arm, a la Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. And both times, he threw an interception against Texas A&M the previous year in overtime to end the game. And this last year, he had two passes that should have been picked to end the game that unfortunately went through the hands of uh, defenders of Texas A&M. Again, the guy hasn't learned a lesson. And then there's a bunch of other stuff going on there, too, to where you look at the guy and you're like, what the heck is this guy? I mean, does he not pay attention? Does he not study his position? All right, so, improve. but you think Sam Darnold's a superstar? Sam Darnold's far different makeup. I mean, really? this guy, I believe you could go in there. If you, I just don't right, know. Well, hold on to that thought. I'm, I'm going to get to that. Okay. We, we got okay. a lot to cover. We never even touched upon putting a bow on that World Series uh, championship for the Houston Astros. By the way, a Texas congresswoman made a fool of herself uh, in Congress. We'll explain that. And we're going to tell you why the Philadelphia Eagles will win their first ever Super Bowl this year. Coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in your car insurance? means it probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. The World Series is in our rearview mirror, and it was a great World Series, entertaining World Series. until time, they juiced those balls so they could have some more home runs. You know what? But, I mean, even after that, you had a 3-1 to game in Game 6. I mean, it wasn't like every game was 13-12. to It's true. Like Game 5, But the possibility was there, though. That's what kept it sort of... Intrigued. He's just like wondering when's the next explosive out. Well, that was what we were thinking in Game Seven. I mean, I it was after Game Seven. I tweeted out, and this this was not met well by a lot of people. I said, "Look, and it was by design." There's no exactly like I always do. <laughs> You're trying to I, my, my, my tweet said, "There's no consolation prize for second place. The Dodgers failed to win the championship for the 29th straight year. Period." I mean, this idea that, oh, well, we got to the World Series, or here's what I love. Oh, well, okay, we'll be back next year. We'll win it next year. You know how hard it is to get to the World Series? Think about this. The Atlanta Braves were in the playoffs 14 straight years, 14 straight years with three first ballot Hall of Fame pitchers. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and John Smoltz, three first ballot Hall of Fame pitchers. They won one World Series. That's tough. One with three first ballot Hall of Fame. But pitchers. I will say this: they, I, I, those Braves teams, one kind of common. I was a big Braves fan. Sure, commonality with the Dodgers is these these Dodgers are young. They got a lot of young, good talent. Really, like Bellinger who struck out sixteen times well, in the World Series. You saw what John Smoltz was saying. He's exploited with that inside. Well, you don't music. think everyone's going to look at that? Is he going to solve that? He's going to look at that with a batting coach, and he'll. Did he'll Justin Turner fix it. show up for the World Series? He'll fix it. Well, okay. Here, I mean, I'm not even putting it on them. To me, it's simple. Maybe that beard was waiting down his head. Oh, you know what's funny? Because mm. I was watching it, and he was up to bat, and my wife comes in, and she's like, oh, that is the ugliest yes. human I've ever seen. She's like, never do that. I'm like, babe, I'm not like trying to do that. Right, just, that's right. how he looks. I'm yeah. sorry. But I was so I was shocked because, you know, I think a lot of women like that, too. Like, just my, well, as much I as think, my wife hates it. I think it, women my, like facial hair, but not like that. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. But point is, I looked at this as it was on the coach. Dave Roberts, the fact that you don't put your best pitcher in game you mean seven. The pit, he put him in game five. I understand. And he blew. Understand. He, they gave Clayton Kershaw seven so runs, and he so didn't what? survive the fifth inning. So what? You're going to have a little And you're going to bring him back on two days you're gonna rest? Have a, so it's the business Clayton cycle. Clayton Kershaw is the reason they lost this series. No, no, they should have won game head. five. They handed him a The manager. He the was skipper. 101 in starts. Sorry. It's the skipper. It wasn't Dave Roberts. Why in the flip? Why in the flip are you putting – okay, because if he was – if 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 – Kershaw was going to come in right. and not play very well. Then why did he have, what was it, four or five 
scoreless innings that he threw. That game was garbage time when he came in. No, it was and it? He, yeah, Are you was. kidding me? The Houston Astros were scared as anybody that Yeah, but they were scared as anybody that the Dodgers, they, they know their coast. offensive they power. No, they didn't. The Dodgers well, knew. Clayton Kershaw the, the Astros knew blew Dodgers the series in power. game five. He no, blew he it. He, he didn't had, blow it He was handed five. a 4 nothing lead. He was handed a 7-4 lead. He's making $34 million a year so for that specific purpose. If they win game five, we don't even get to you Darvish in game seven. But he recovered and he threw masterfully in game he didn't seven. Go yes, that was he did. garbage time. It was five nothing. Okay, Houston. so what you're, what you're saying is they all got the sign, all the Houston Astros hitters got the garbage. sign that they're not supposed to hit. They're just let they're just gonna let them Why swing. didn't you start Alex Wood? No. Alex Wood, who threw no hit ball into the sixth inning in Houston, hey, he had an extra been a better... day's rest than than Kershaw had. I would I still would have got off my best guy. If you're in game seven, anything can happen. You go with your best guys and Kershaw is your best guy I don't care no, if it's he, two days he was rest not in the night. postseason he's not your best guy so what he has been for the majority of the time and you got to play that you got to play regular that season card. pitcher but in that in the post he was phenomenal game seven phenomenal and then we went that was yeah, garbage was. time you can't say that I, I ask the Houston Astros nothing Houston okay ask the Astros garbage there's time. nothing to game substantiate that no, there's nothing to gain. The, there. Because the Dodgers showed no life at the plate, well, none, no fire, nothing. They didn't. Th- the Astros didn't think that. The Astros kept thinking back of that game where all of a sudden I mean, they'd the, get a three-run I mean, lead, a boom, they, they bring the Dodgers would get right Morton. back into it. Charlie Morton only the second Trust me, time they were he's ever pitched a relief in his entire career, and he shut down the Dodgers. Charlie Morton, a career journeyman, pathetic for the Dodgers. The by the way, this. anybody that says, well, it was still Kershaw. a good year, that's a losing mentality. Uh, no, it's, it's not. It's only a good year if you win. Win the championship. That's false doctrine. No, uh, which that's, actually that's, that's a load of crap. Either, no, what either isn't a load of crap? The, either nope. you set the bar high, well, of course, or don't set it at all. No, what I'm, I'm not, that's not what this is about. What it is, you, is there's not a better opportunity to learn how to win a championship than to get second a place. Yeah, then okay. to get second place. Trust you, me, and they're you young enough. The Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Call I, it right now. Are I believe they, they win eventually the in the next two, two to three years will win a World Series, bearing health their core players because they're going to be smart. The Dodgers are going to keep their guys. Well, maybe they get a guy like Julio Arias to replace Kershaw as a money pitcher. Well, hey, they're going to pay to get. They're going to pay to get some other guys in there too. So don't think they're going to all of a sudden just forty-two million dollar payroll this year. Well, don't think they're going to load than any other team. Yeah, don't think they're just going to load and not attempt to continue to win. By the way, the win. Astros they had will. the number 18 payroll in baseball. Well, by they're the going to go buy some By the way, guys. a classic today. So you, I love these bandwagoners, especially politicians. You know, they love to have a good story, right? Oh, so yeah. this congresswoman in, out of the state of Texas, she's speaking in Congress, right? And she's holding up this banner, the Houston Astros. And she's like, yeah, we, you know, we are the champions. We're the champions. Altui, he he got the last out. Altui. <laughs> Who the hell are you talking about, you imbecile? Altuve. His name is Jose Altuve, and he is your MVP. This woman's never even been to an Astros game. These politicians are shameless. Altuve, he got the last out. So what are you saying? She's exploiting the Houston Astros' success (laughs) for her own political agenda? look at us. Has that ever happened in history, that you exploit things for your own political purposes? (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Every day? Every time. (laughs) Altuve. Unbelievable. Altuve. I'm like, are you? Shut up. would you okay? Let me ask you this. Yes. So, would you, if she was in an election, vote against <laughs> out, her out. just because of that? Exactly. Oh, good. But look at That's just good. admit That's good. she should have gone up there and said, you know what? Honestly, I'm not a baseball fan. 
We're very proud of the Houston the, yeah, Astros, Astros and what they meant yeah. for the city of Houston. I understand they have a, a great young player. I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name, Altuve. Altuve. I'm not going to pretend to really know him, but obviously he's a big part of that. That's what you do. You admit, hey, I'm not a baseball fan. I don't follow it, but this was really big for the city of Houston. It's gone through a little tough time, so we want to thank our baseball team well, what'd you think for about, winning a championship. What did you think about at the end of the game? When uh, Alex Rodriguez was asking Beltron, hey, man, was uh, Darvish telegraphing his pitches? Yes. And they're all, like, trying to tell him, oh, don't tell, don't tell. I mean, wasn't it he basically saying that, in fact, Darvish was telegraphing his pitches? Okay, let's go back, though. I mean, let's, let's be go back to Darvish again. I mean, you mentioned here. Dave Roberts. All right, so uh, he he started one game in the division series on the road against Arizona. Five innings, two hits, one run, struck out seven. Looked great. He pitched one game against the Cubs in the league championship series, went six and a third innings, gave up one run, struck out seven, looked great. So in his two previous playoff starts, Darvish looked great. Yeah, but it's not then game he, seven then of the world series. Then he goes to Houston, he gets lit up. Yeah, but it's not game seven of the world series. That's the, so the, I'm gonna the bring, moment was so way I'm too big back, for him. I'm going to bring back Kershaw, who yeah. got shelled yeah. on two days rest. Why yeah. would I do that? Because he's your best guy. Well, not on two days rest, he's not. Yeah, he is. He proved it. No, he did. He yes, came he in did. and Had he started that Steve, game, if it was Kershaw garbage time, would have been if it was Okay, if it was garbage time, that would have meant that the Houston Astro hitters would have stayed off a lot of pitches and hit there's defensively. They didn't there's do that. A big they were just as aggressive. Starting the game Steve, on a game seven. They were just as aggressive at the plate. Did nothing. There's not a big difference. Of course there not is. When you're a team like the Astros that fear the offensive when, explosions when he had a chance of to protect a four nothing lead, no, he failed. I, no, 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 and then he, when he had a seven you're, to four you're, you're lead, just throwing out, you're just spewing out information without any basis. What do you mean any basis? There's nothing from the if Astros' behavior that would say that they were just sandbagging it, playing defensively, trying to protect the five-run lead. He would not have pitched the same starting that game as he would yeah, down five to nothing. Yeah, the game was over. No, he no, the, it wasn't. The, that team was lifeless no. after that five who, nothing. Who start. was lifeless? The Dodgers. They showed oh, no life. Well, that had no, that has no bearing game. on how your pitcher performs. He does on the difference if anything, between it coming hurt your and a five nothing deficit. If anything, it hurts your pitcher because all of a sudden he feels more pressure, like he has to go throw a perfect uh, game because he's going to get no offensive support. Kershaw At least the first the series, game, you don't even realize was five. No, he didn't. You handed the ball to your best pitcher in a two-two series. You gave him a four nothing lead. He gave him a 7-4 lead, and he couldn't survive the fifth inning. Crushed the Dodgers in that game five. Well, Crushed them. The bottom line is is they should have started him if they would have. Well, right now, we'd be talking about the Dodgers. No, you wouldn't. As no the way. champions. The Dodgers' offense couldn't Period. get anything going in that series. It wouldn't have mattered. Fine. Then the, you start, the, the why don't you start him in all have, seven games of the series next year? Okay. Well, that's, that's been extremely unreasonable right, why since didn't you, you have start, to rest the guy. I would have okay? said this, though. Why you didn't you start game him seven, in one, you four, and seven? You gotta, no, you can't do that because he'll have a flipping rubber arm by the time you get to game seven. In the old days, they could do it. Well, that's the old days when guys would two days rest he had back-to-back shutouts that that was a real pitcher real yeah, money well pitcher. Kershaw back was just as good he just unfortunately had to come in after Darvish yeah, just in the regular season he saw himself Sorry, and I will say did. this in Kershaw's look they don't get to the postseason without Clayton Kershaw what? I'll say that loud and clear they don't get to the postseason without his dominance in the regular season but there's no he has a 236 career regular season ERA four and a half in the postseason. He struggles right. at the postseason, but we're it doesn't mean the, he's gonna struggle then. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're gonna tell you how the Eagles have guaranteed themselves their first ever Super Bowl championship. But first, let's check in with David right now. And uh Man. Chavez Ravine was quiet after that second inning. So how would you like to pay ten thousand dollars a ticket? 
as some people did to see that game seven. I was there. I didn't pay that much. Now, how was? What it? was your take on that guest? I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Brady. There's no. Ch- if you have an ace and he can't win you a game five with seven runs of support, then you have no idea what the hell you're talking about for a game seven to start at home. Houston Astros, one of the worst hitting teams in all of Major League Baseball on the road, especially in the postseason. They're batting under 200 on the road. And you have Kershaw okay, who comes so in. Okay, so you're going to go and just play the statistics game. Yeah, that's what that's what Instead baseball's all with, about, sabermetrics oh, and all oh, this. Okay, this so kinda... it's all about going and just playing the numbers game instead of saying, okay, well, yeah. let's put our best players in the position to help us win in Game 7? Well, Are you see, kidding me? Well, here's the numbers. I mean, who's seven, the one that's absolutely here, idiotic here? Eight, I mean, are you, I mean seven if he would have started, I mean, it's simple. Seven look at runs. Hindsight. You got look seven hindsight, runs. Gaston. You got seven look at, runs. Look at, seven runs. Look at hindsight. If they would have pitched, take what Kershaw did in the innings he played, and you put him in the first inning through whatever, what did he pitch, four or five innings? He pitched and you three. Put, whatever, three innings, and then you bring in other guys to finish out the game like Jensen. They only score. They don't even probably score the Astros, and that actually supports your point of how bad they are hitting on the road. And, and all of a sudden, well, guess what? We're talking about a world championship for the <laughs> Los Angeles hey, Dodgers. Listen, again, oh my he goodness! Doesn't blow Man, game five. You must there have, is no game I'm seven. telling you guys, Don. I don't know what you and Stephen doing at the break, but you guys must have been smoking listen, pot and drinking alcohol in the back because you both are off your rockers. Listen, right. the only way Clayton Kershaw would have started Game Seven is if he actually went to Dave Roberts and said, "Hey, I want the ball, and I'm going to pitch this game." Well, he should have. He was afraid That's what he should have. Exactly. How bad he's he's been. a mental midget but, during the postseason. But the it's problem been is, his, his is Dave Roberts, career. he's got to go up. Well, it's Dave Roberts, too. He's got to go up to his guy and say, dude, we're riding you. We're living Dave and dying with you, no Kershaw. We're on you. And Kershaw would have responded. He went four and two-thirds on the road in a game five. That doesn't and got mean anything. It's one of course it is. Game, they got lit up. One game. The series. One game. Let's talk about a, Let's talk about the other 99% of the games he plays. Who cares? He gets right? paid Who for cares? the postseason. Who cares? You're talking one game. I'm talking a sample size of 99 other percentage of his games. Yeah, he Pretty was big 101 difference. when he had a four-run lead until that game five. <laughs> now he's 102. You guys are delusional. You guys are those guys that just want to talk bad about right. the Dodgers, even Let's though there's something to be positive. Slow down because Gascon has got a thousand football games to tell us scores on. What game still had a delay though? It's on Fox. Penn State, Michigan State, number seven. Penn State leading right now, fourteen to seven. Number nine, Wisconsin taking on Indiana. Takes the snap pressure coming. Hornybrook hit as he throws left side. It is caught by Quintez Cephas. Touchdown, Wisconsin! What a throw! What a catch! Badgers take the lead. Badgers lead. They're eight. No, this year, 5-0 in Big Ten play, 24-17 at Indiana. Number 14, Auburn leading Texas A&M, 35-20. End of three quarters, Mississippi State finally leading in this ballgame over UMass, 27-20. Florida getting dumped at Missouri, 35-9. K-State leading at Texas Tech, 24-21. Baylor might finally get a win this year. They're 0-8 on the season, but they're leading at 1-7 Kansas, 28-9. Brady, I still don't know what the hell you are talking about. Look at that. Because That's you're okay. Unbelievable, you Brady. Are, your, your brain is fried. Right now, your brain is fried. You're oh. limited brain cells because you're out binge drinking last night. <laughs> That's why you don't know what the hell I'm thinking. I, I, was, I was watching the future USC quarterback, JT Daniels, light up Servite High School, actually. There it is. So. Right there. Very good. All right, David. I Excellent guess. stuff. Uh, by the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The last time the Philadelphia Eagles won an NFL championship, 
Dwight Eisenhower was still in the White House. That would be the 1960 NFL championship. Last game ever played by the Hall of Famer Norm Van Brocklin, handing Vince Lombardi the only playoff loss of his entire coaching career, first championship game. Philadelphia has not won an NFL championship since. That is going to change this year, Brady, because the 7-1 Eagles not only have a team right now led by a young quarterback that is your midseason most valuable player, but you just just added Jay Ajayi to that running third with LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, that is a pretty good one-two punch at running back, so I'm going to let you. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe overstating it, but I mean, Eagle fans have reason to be excited. By the way, tomorrow they're hosting the pathetic Denver Broncos, who have nothing, nothing. It's all John Elway's fault. It is John should've Elway's a, fault. I couldn't agree he with you more. Make a splash play move. You, quarterback. you, you traded up to get Paxton Lynch. Where is he? It doesn't matter. He should have. T- he should have signed Tony Romo in the offseason. I kept telling everybody this. No, no, Trevor Simeon's fine. Bah, 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 bah. And I kept saying the same thing, and, I, and I'm a prophet. It actually happened. And that was what happens with Trevor is they don't respect him. They don't believe that he can help them. And so if all of a sudden the offense sputters, that defense goes into the shell of, hey, our offense can't help us. Their confidence level diminishes to zero. They don't believe they can carry the team. And guess what happens? They play terribly, even though on paper, they're as good of a defense that you'll find still number one in the last decade in the NFL. No question. Well, right. still number one in what category? I don't know. There's some category. All right. uh, they're not. They're not number one in scoring defense. Not in scoring defense. Yeah, no. which is the most important. Category. But a lot of that has to do with the ineptitude but of their offense. Your, but listen, let's back get to back your to the Eagles. Eagles. All right, they're the most would, complete team in the NFL right now. I told that to my. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. All yeah, right. So I mean, tell me is, what you see in the Eagles. right Oh yeah, now. they're the most complete team. They are rolling now. I don't know if this is going to be sustainable because. Carson Wentz hasn't even been to the playoffs, okay? Yes, and it's yes. a whole other animal in the playoffs. Yes, it is. Everything's amplified. But if they have whole other season, doesn't matter. It's a whole other world there. And then the well, Super Bowl is a whole other world. Give me their biggest threat in the NFC, assuming they're Aaron Rodgers. The Packers the Seahawks, are, Seahawks are always a threat. I'm telling you are, right now. They are a threat, absolutely. They got Dwayne Brown this last week solidifying that offensive line that's right, been so an issue Seattle, from the Houston Texans. Uh, let's say we have Seattle at Philadelphia NFC Championship game. I would give the advantage to the Seattle Seahawks. Right but now, the Seahawks have not looked great in the playoffs the last couple of years. That's last year. We're talking two this years year. ago. I also looked lousy. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I will say this, but this is what I'm seeing out of the Eagles. They're offensively balanced. Yes. These guys can pound teams. They can also throw the ball over the field. How do you use they, Jay and Jai? How do you use? Oh, him? you're going to go out there and make him your uh, every down kind of back. Well, they say Lagarde Blunster is still their number one. Well, they say that, but they're going to put Jay Ajayi in there yeah. when he's ready. And I mean, okay. he's still got to learn a whole new system in a yes. matter of a couple of days, yes. which uh, that's yeah. going to put him. Now, back by the a way, the bit, Dolphins so. gave Ajayi. He was averaging three and a half yards a carry. They said that he's was stunned. a message. Yeah. by old Adam Gase, he yeah. was telling everybody because what? Okay, what Adam Gase basically said was is he wasn't as clean in his execution. He kept missing assignments. Could it be the blocking. fact that they have no passing game, that maybe teams are stacking up on a giant? Yeah, no question, but that wasn't the issue. The issue was is that he didn't feel like he was executing his responsibilities at a high enough level. And uh-huh. he, the, the biggest thing that happened was is Mike Tannenbaum, he got an offer he couldn't refuse. A fourth rounder for a running back? I know. That's a hell of a price. Yeah. You're going to take that every day. I don't care who you got back there. You're taking that. So I mean, was that a smart investment from the Eagles' standpoint? Uh, for the Eagles, they were looking at They're trying like, to win now. Yeah, they wanted to win now, and I, I, I thought it was fine. Because the only thing that could cause the Eagles' issues is Carson Wentz, and it's going to happen. He's going to have some down days. So what's going to carry you? What's going to compensate for your team when he's down? Running game. Defense. 
So what did you do? You went and you dressed that. Say, we're going to go get ourselves a runner. Also, it's good in the playoffs just as like a crutch. Eh, better word, safety net. When you're Carson Wentz and you're out there and uh, you're thinking, okay, I'm feeling good that we're going to go out and do well through the air. But in the back of my mind, you're like, yeah, but I got some guys that we can hand it off to that are going to keep the defense honest. And, heck, if they have to sort of carry us, they can. Man, you're going to go into that game a lot more free thinking than if you think, man, I got to carry the whole load. And if I don't hold it up, we're going to be in trouble. It's a two completely different mentalities. So I like it. But I'm with you. I, I, the Eagles, they, sh- I mean, right now, everything being equal, they stay healthy. They should be right in it at the end of the year. I mean, they are playing. And by the way, I'm going to give you credit on Wentz because I, you know, when I when Wentz went to the combine and I kept looking at this guy's record in college, and I'm like, this is a deceiving record. Well, he was part of five straight NCAA championship teams, actually NCAA champion teams at North Dakota State. They play a real playoff. And then I look back. I said, well, the first year he redshirted, so he wasn't even on the team. The next two years, he was a backup. The only full year he played was his junior year, and then his senior year he got hurt. He missed like nine games, came back for like the last championship game. But again, it's a team that's winning the championship with or without him. I mean, the fact that he led him to a championship yeah. means nothing because everyone every year they win the championship. So going in and 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 honestly, the reports coming out of of the uh, combine were were lukewarm. They're like, okay, he's an athlete. They didn't know he's got the size. He's enigma. And you know, we asked, does he have the it factor? No, he doesn't really have the it factor. But man, oh man, I mean, this this guy. I mean, he. I mean, again, you got to stay healthy. I mean, look at the Deshaun Watson situation; just heartbreaking. But uh, yeah, I mean, he he's a real deal. Well, it helps that you go to a situation where they have a system in place. You like Peterson? Oh, I love him. I mean. He did the very thing that every coach should do to his players, which is you take in your player and you say, what are you good at? Okay, X, Y, Z. I'm going to build my scheme around that instead mm-hmm. of this is where our scheme is. You need to adjust to us. He didn't do that. They run a college offense. You know, Alex Smith, Kansas City Chiefs. This is yeah. where Doug Peterson got the idea, by the way, with under, under Andy Reid. Is Wentz taking too much damage, though? So he's taking too many hits, right? Um, He could be better. I mean, he's a big guy. He could be better. Well, he could be better at end of runs. Right. You don't, you're not like a running back where you have to finish runs and right. like, line up forward. It's the opposite. You actually have to like get down and maybe give up a yard or two just for the sake of protecting yourself. I mean, he reminds you me a little picture. bit of a young Roethlisberger, big size and everything else. Yeah. He hangs in there, but, uh, hangs in there, hangs in there, and tough. He's tough and he's strong. That's the yeah. one thing that I liked about him, and that's what you you know, and it's I don't know what it is. A lot of times where you grow up geographically, the surroundings sometimes forms you. Yes. And I'm not saying there aren't entitled people in North Dakota, which there are, just like there's tough people in beautiful places to live like Southern California, but you get a guy who grows up in a tough place like North Dakota, which is always flipping cold and dark. You get a kid that's been through a lot of adversity, had some injury issues through his, you know, his college career, and then you add on top of it that now he's coming into a league where he's like, dude, you were in Division FCS, man. Yeah. You're not even FBS, and so you get the extra chip on your shoulder. I felt that there was something there different than than Goff. Now, although Goff's done some, he's doing well right now, much but, better, uh, yes. But the but no, I was uh, I, and I liked the fact that he could run. You know, and so he's, and they're allowing him to run. He's doing it all. Yeah. He's he's working out of the shotgun, doing a lot of pistol, doing a lot of the uh, read option kind of stuff. Which, you know what? That's what the NFL is. I mean, we saw it in that Seattle Seahawks Houston Texans game last week. We saw the future of the NFL hmm. right now, but which is running quarterbacks using their legs to win in the passing game, but then also using that read option action to manipulate defenses like that first. Big pass play to Earl Thomas. Let me break it down real quick for everybody. Earl Thomas is looking in the backfield. 
He's seen all that read option action. There was a fake handoff and a and also a fake fly sweep. He sort of hesitated just a tenth of a second to clear the run because he comes aggressive in the run, even though he's your middle right. field safety. He hesitated just enough to where Will Forfeit could get him by a step or two. And that's all it took. And if you notice, the D coordinator of the Seahawks kept telling his team, eye discipline, eye discipline, which means don't look at the running backs. Don't look at the act back. You got to look at the offensive linemen. They're going to tell you the but story. But here's the problem because Deshaun Watson, with all the energy that he used in that remarkable performance, even yeah. in the loss for the Texans, weak in the knee. That's why he's out for the year. Just like that. Yeah. But he, was, he had to do too but, much during the game, weaken him physically. No, it didn't do anything. That was That's that's absurd. Should we tell I'll Alex Marvez that Florida is only down 42 to 9 right now? No, he would uh, have issues. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. no, what I'm going to say, though, yeah. is it shows yeah. you that that college offense, it, it works. It works. And, and teams aren't ready for it. And right. it's something that will be more of a theme going forward in the NFL. We'll tell you why the Eagles emerging right now is big news for the NFL because, as we sit here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, Bill Belichick is out the door. We'll explain coming up next. Harbin, if a paying a great news is a quick way to save money, switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. One of the big trades. It was amazing how many trades got done. In the NFL, I mean, like legitimate trades. We were talking earlier about a Jai, obviously Carolina Buffalo trade. Yeah, Benjamin. Wow, I mean that. That was a shocker because Benjamin had made so many big plays, but yeah, and Carolina sitting at five and three. They're sitting at five and three. Well, they like Funchess. They like Funchess a lot. But anyway, but one of the big trades was Jimmy Garoppolo leaving uh, New England to go to the Forty Niners, and essentially Brian Hoyer, who used to be a backup in New England, re-signs with New England. And New England gets a second-round pick, another brilliant move for the Patriots, but it was also a sign, and this is coming from a lot of people close to Bill Belichick, that I think he went into this year just to see how Tom Brady looks at age 40, and as we've seen, there's zero drop-off with Brady right now, that he has basically decided that when Brady goes, I go. I'm not going to start over again with a young quarterback. I mean, and then these, you know, Garoppolo. So what you're saying is, is he traded away Garoppolo for a pick that maybe he thinks could be an impact pick right now? Maybe right now. Maybe we can do something right now. It's going to be a pretty good pick. You've, you've got Brian Hoyer knows well, plus, the system as a backup. But, well, plus, I mean, he, I guess is, he has made a decision point, that, that Brady, yeah, that's going to be it I for I can me. see it because to support your point, you know, Garoppolo's coming up on his deal. Like, he needs to either get a new deal or go. Correct. And so if he's going to pay him, then all of a sudden he restricts his ability to either retain his own core exactly. players or go after others in free agency. He's convinced. And I then got if a he lets him walk, he's not going to get anything in return. I, yeah, I, I can buy because that. Because a lot of people are saying that. that at the end of 2019, let me throw something at you, though. Okay. So he's done it all. I mean, what more can the man do? He's won more Super Bowls than any coach. But there is one record dangling out there, oh, including postseason wins. Mm. He's 78 wins behind Shula. Jeez. To be the winningest coach of all time. That's a lot of wins. So he's got like another eight years to go. I mean, let's put it this way. But if you were to it. win 14 games for five years, you're still short. Jeez. Okay. So, but I mean, potentially. He's not going to go for But that. potentially he could do it. He's 65 years old. I mean, there's no slowdown in Belichick. You figure he could coach into his early 70s. Would that sure. be enough for him? I mean, that would, you know, put the bow on the whole thing. I think he's way. I, I, I would say he's waiting for the wheels to fall off. Is he? Yeah, he's wait, well, and, and he's not going to do it when the wheels actually fall off. Right. He's going to do it when they're starting to w- wiggle. Right. He's going to get out of there. And uh, so he, things aren't wiggling right now with New England. They're rolling. And the big thing is that defense. That's your measuring stick. Like, if he couldn't get them figured out, right. 
then you maybe start to see a little bit different approach. Who do you like in the AFC right now between Pittsburgh, New England, and Kansas City? Who's the best team? Kansas City. They're the most bound. They're 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 almost like the same exact version of the Eagles. Do you know the Kansas City the Chiefs side. have lost their last five home playoff games? The last Kansas City Chiefs quarterback to win a home game is Joe Montana. Whoa! In the playoffs? In the playoffs, the last Kansas City Chiefs Jeez. quarterback to win a home well, that's game true, in the playoffs. Remember with Trent Green, Joe Montana, when he was their quarterback, and uh, Vermeil yeah. was their head coach. Yeah. And they were, I think, they went thirteen and three yes. in the regular season and just choked. Yeah, and they, they've a whole, lost they had Tony Gonzalez, five, yeah. including last year to Pittsburgh. They've lost five consecutive home. I would bet games. that won't happen again this year. Really? Yeah, because of Alex thing. Smith. Well, him, but more importantly, it's just everybody around Alex has made him better. Tyree Kill, especially, getting him involved in the passing hunt has been a phenomenal addition to the backfield. I mean, he's a guy that's been great against, you know, just running inside the tackles, but he's also been fantastic catching the ball Yes, out of the backfield, which that helps Alex Smith because it's still a conservative throw. What about Andy Reid? Is he too conservative to win the big one? Is he too conservative? And we he's talk about really he's like one that's shot, his record though. is like it's like Chuck Knox, Marty Schottenheimer, Andy Reid. They're all yeah, the same guy. Yeah, he's not too conservative. It comes down to the decisions the quarterbacks make, and I know that he could – Encourage the quarterback, hey, man, take a shot here, do this. But at the end of the day, you've got to let your quarterback play and, and, and basically react to whatever he sees. Well, so, Belichick has him playing. I mean, when you think back to last year's Super Bowl, yeah. you know what was amazing to me? They're down 19. Yeah. They're down 19, and they went for a field goal. I remember And that. I mean, I'm thinking to like, myself, what, is he what doing? other coach down 19 – He's going to go for a field goal, but he's doing the math. He goes, if we get this, we're down 16. We're two scores away. Exactly. And you're like, okay, sure. And what do they do? They got two <laughs> touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was, I mean, it just – It worked I mean, out for him. I mean, it's not like it's – Brilliant coaching, brilliant connection. It's brilliant because it worked out for him. Brilliant. It wouldn't have worked out for him. Everybody wouldn't say But he had trust in his quarterback. Death. Of course. And you got to trust your quarterback. That's my point. Alex uh, – or, yeah, Andy Reid has to trust Alex Smith. He can't. Tell him force it downfield. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We're going to talk about a loaded day in college football coming up next. Oh, what a Saturday. This is spectacular today. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. When you get to the month of November, as we're in right this now, is the money month, man. This is when the college football season kicks in. Oh yeah, this is where the games you're watching now. The Penn State Michigan State game is still delayed. Oh man! So this game was in the second quarter. Penn State leading Michigan State fourteen to seven. Okay, Steve, and they still have not restarted this. What's game. What's the precedent here? Has this ever happened to where they maybe had to like reschedule a game that Ooh. already started, and you just go play a half? Here's the problem: the Big Ten, the Big Ten of all the conferences out there, they don't have a lot of wiggle room. You don't see Big Ten games on Fridays. I mean, they are Saturday football. They are tradition, tradition, tradition. So open dates, everything else, they they don't exist. Mm. And, you know, they don't have one of those, you know, like Alabama suddenly is playing Chattanooga. Well, what do they do? What what, what would history tell you? Would they ever just say we're going to call the game, Penn State wins? They're going to have to play tonight. I mean, at some point. But what if the weather doesn't allow it? It's a great question. So there's no precedent. You would have to cancel the game. That's my. Th- has that ever happened? Yeah, and, and, would this and, be and, history? And Penn State would be saying, "Wait, we are up fourteen. No, no, it, it, the game has to be a complete game." So Every, the history has never 
No, end of the I'm, game never, early. I'm never heard of that. Wow. I'm, I'm sure it has. I mean, there's been, you know, a zillion college football games over the years. But uh, anyway, we'll keep our eye on this uh, developing situation. I mean, I assume they're going to get this game going. But right now, still in the second quarter, still delayed. Penn State leading uh, Michigan State by a score of a fourteen to seven. And before you run away from that one, I gotta I gotta pay off a tease. That I, I I we tweeted this out on Fox Sports Radio about how I don't believe that Saquon Barkley is running at the highest level technically yeah. wise. Yes. And I uh, tell people I'll tell you why. And here's the reason why. Last week against Ohio State and this led into why uh Penn State was able to allow Ohio State back into the game. Every time Saquon got the ball and there was a a mound of bodies basically ready to to stop him. And instead of just putting his head down and trying to get a yard, get back to the line of scrimmage, maybe get two. He would try to lose ground and use his. It's extreme, the Barry Sanders yeah, thing. Barry but, Sanders, but he tried to, to use this. his extreme athleticism to like make something out of nothing, and he kept losing yards yeah. over and over. And what happens is, it's a huge difference. Second and nine versus second and twelve and thirteen, huge because now all of a sudden you're not just trying to stay on on time with the change. You're just trying to get to third and 10 if you're second and 15, and then you're in a purely predictable passing situation. So what he needs to improve upon, ladies and gentlemen, is simply the mentality of if there's nothing there, put your head down, drive forward, get as many yards as you can, give up, live for another day. You're going to have shots to where you can lose ground and make a big play out of nothing, but that's that's got to be the exception. That can't be your every time go-to move. So just to Saquon put him in position to knock off Ohio State, he was the reason why he allowed Ohio State back in the game because he wasn't running the ball, trying to keep his team yep. at the very least on time with the down and distance. You're, you're going to appreciate this stat. Now, this is, again, old school. Every once in a yeah. while, a flashback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 1969, 1969, the Heisman Trophy winner that year was Steve Owens running back out of the University of Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So he played three years. Freshmen weren't eligible back in that era. In his sophomore year, he averaged 4.3 yards a carry. In his junior year, he averaged 4.3 yards a carry. And as a senior, he averaged 4.3 yards a carry. Wow. He had over 900 carries in his career. He had 55 in one game. Jeez. 55 in one game. What was he, you a ready fullback for this? and a wishbone offense? Or he what? basically played tailback. Uh-huh. But how about this? 900 career carries in, the, uh, in college football he never once lost yards. Really? Not on a single carry. He wow. was a he was a straight ahead guy. guy. Yeah. He didn't have breakaway speed, but he just ran into the line, got as much as he possibly could, never lost a yard. He wasn't a breakaway guy. Again, he only averaged four point three yards wow. a carry. But it basically what happened with him was you hand him the ball, you get four yards. The next one you get five yards, then you get four, five, four, That's five, four, bad, five, four, five, four, five. Not a bad outing. Not a bad outing, Especially right? If you can consistently produce that, but he, but what you're saying with Saquon Barkley now, Barry Sanders did a lot of that as well. But he, he got away with it. But he got away with it. Saquon he was wasn't such getting a away with it. Guy. Exactly, he's not getting away yeah. with it. So if yeah. you're James Franklin, you're telling him, look, man, nothing in the film room is the best time to teach him. Right. Nothing there. You. Stick well, what do you do with the NFL? In the I mean, everyone's Get up the field. Yeah. I mean, Saquon obviously has immense talent physically, but if you're an NFL, anybody. Yeah. I mean, again, we we always talk about you know running backs and you know how much you would invest in a running back uh, in these drafts. I mean, oh, he's a high pick because he can do it all. 
remember, he's a heck of a returner. Well, he's the number one guy in the nation in all-purpose yards. Yeah, and he's he's basically this year's version of Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Although I don't know if he's as dynamic of an in-between-the-tackles runner. Are you surprised? And I'm not sure if that's a function of, of his lack of that, technique. But that McCaffrey hasn't carried the ball more? I mean, he's he's catching the ball? I'm not because he's not, Jonathan he's Stewart. He's only averaging like two yards a carry. That's because Jonathan Stewart's getting the majority of the touches in the, right. two, in the running game. They're using more McCaffrey as a decoy to throw it in. I mean, he, it's worked tremendously of misdirection and things of that nature. But, uh, no, uh, Saquon's one of those guys that he should be a top-10 pick because of his versatility. His only little area where he needs to prove on which the NFL – I mean, he, James Franklin and his staff could get him to do the right thing now. It's just a matter of, you know, changing his mentality when he's surrounded and there's nothing there. Instead of trying to hit a home run every time, just take a two, three-yard gain and live for another day, and you're going to get your home run. Now, it is rare that we go into a Saturday – where seemingly every ranked team has a quality opponent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at some of these matchups. I mean, obviously already uh, Wisconsin, by the way, now taking control up 38-17 against Indiana. Just, just a side note, Wisconsin, yeah. they've done this. I don't know how many games this year. Well, they wear, wear you down with the big exactly, size. That's what they just to wear where you teams down. will stay with them, and then about midway they through that third quarter, yeah. they just take off, right. and they just blow you out. But, I mean, if you look right now, I mean, Georgia is playing a 6-2 and two South Carolina team, not a walkover game. Wait a all. second. Is that Will Muschamp six and two? Six and two. Wait, what? So, uh, I'm sort of speeches right now. Yeah, you can six tell, and two. I don't know where to go with that other than yeah. What kind of record? They, like, what, who have they played in well, South Carolina? Well, not, not a whole lot. I mean, they did uh, win. They did okay. win at Tennessee. I guess that's sort of one quality win. But I'm they're trying six to figure and two right out. Now. I mean, I'm trying I, to figure out why Will Muschamp I'll tell you can't what, survive in Florida. Notre but goes Dame to South does Carolina. not have a walkover against Wake Forest. No, Wake, Wake Forest, Forest is, is solid. They're five yeah. and three this year. That's not a walkover game. Clemson on the road against six and two NC State, NC who is four and zero in yeah. the ACC. Big game. Ohio State on the road in Iowa, not a walkover. That could be a trap game because just as much as it's difficult to sort of pill yourself up off the asphalt after getting your, I shouldn't say destroyed or getting ran over, but you know, like Penn State having that disappointing comeback, you know, loss. It's just as hard coming out of the other side of that where you emotionally charge you're excited getting yourself back up again and you're going into a tough place to play i it's circle that one guys that's I, a, that's, that's a gonna circle be a game, of a game especially coming off that emotional win at yeah. home against penn state by the way an update on the update on the penn state michigan state game they're going to be delayed for another two and a half hours oh my they're going to have a four hour weather delay they will re-kick off at 5 30 east coast time at the earliest, oh. so at least a four. Hour, well, can, this is what I, you do. Now Let you me tell played, you what you're you played do. a quarter and a half already in that game. Yeah, but this is what you have to do. You got to get everybody undressed. You got to get your equipment guys. And you realize when it goes to halftime, they have another break. Yeah, well, you got to you got to basically start over. So you got to get everybody undressed, get them back in their showered up, get them out of there, get them back to the hotel. Both teams back to the hotel. You got to go back to the hotel. Wow. Find the hotel. Let them sit down. Have a, you know, get them some lunch. You know, how let do them you just turn watch. it off? The adrenaline run it's when just, you're. Uh, this is how you got to do it. There's no way you're oh. going to have these guys sit in the locker room for the next four hours wow. on these tight. I mean, you, you should see some of these Big Ten locker rooms, by the way. They're right. terrible, especially the visiting ones. So you got to get to a hotel. You're going to have to you let them take a nap. It's okay, and then and just just you got you basically got to get them back to the beginning of the the routine of getting ready for a game. 
All right, so we're keeping our eye on that. So that that will be out of here long before that. But that's going to be fascinating because it will be. It's not because after it's at at least a four hour delay. But after at this point, you can almost throw out anything you thought about this game going in. Now it's more of how you replan. Well, how do you? Yo, yeah. You got some adjustments. You've seen coach. a few things. Oh, they yeah. basically you tip can, their hand. You sh- yeah, I mean, this what's cool. It's gonna be. A, it's a whole new game gonna wow. happen. And my point very is, very rare. Whichever team manages this off time leading up to this new start time, the best will win the game. Wow. Like that's how cool it is. So All it's right, gonna so, be a whole uh, other animal. And the fans, yeah. Holy uh, smokes. They're yeah. going to get a whole day of college football. They <laughs> are. Man. All right, let me continue some of these games. We mentioned Ohio State at Iowa. How about this one? Iowa State, the big stunning yeah. team out of the Big 12 the to beat surprise of the Oklahoma season. and TCU on the road against West Virginia. They should on win. The road. They should run away, run away with that. I, I know. I'm West Virginia Ohio sitting State. at 5-3. How about this game? Stanford on the road at Washington State. Hmm. Bryce Love is expected to play for Stanford. They barely survive without him against Oregon State, Washington State at seven and two, Stanford at six and two. What's interesting about that game is the te- like there's two contrasting styles. Uh, Stanford, you can be a power football. Washington State looked like at the beginning of the year they had a little bit power to them. Yes, and then they got beat up a little bit by some. Well, teams. that Cal game was a blowout. Yeah, yeah. but the uh, that's what's going to test them again. I mean, you, if you're a team that's always practiced against a spread. You know, they call this the air raid offense of Mike Leach's. You tend mm. not to be honed in against the two-back power football kind of offenses. So, And then Stanford on the other side, if Washington State can start popping off points, are they explosive enough offensively to stay up with them? So it'll be an interesting kind of who imposes whose style on each other All kind right. of game. Well, I got more games. That's just that's the beginning. That's a heck of, of a slate today. I'm there, there are more games, even more intriguing games on the schedule we're going to get to. Plus, as we sit here in our Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, my Heisman update coming up. Rolling on here on this Saturday, Hartman and Papinga. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, before we get to my uh, Heisman update, I want to finish off some of these games coming up here because we're just rolling along here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just a spectacular. Spectacular Saturday in college football. So we mentioned the Stanford-Washington State game. Next up, of course, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Uh, I mean, how much, I mean, how much bigger it is to get than that? That's a big game right there. That's fun. I mean, that is both both teams are 7-1, 4-1 in conference play. Obviously, an Oklahoma win on the road. I mean, if that doesn't put them over Clemson, I don't know what does. But, I mean, anyway. Then you've got TCU coming out their first loss of the year against Iowa State. Hosting Texas. There you go. You know, Longhorns trying to, you know, you know, get back in the conversation. How about this? Central Florida, undefeated. On the road against SMU. And you say SMU, SMU six and two this year. Wow. Big research. Charlie Strong, huh? Uh, doing the job Central there. Florida, then SMU. Yeah, got, they got their stuff Our buddy Eric there. Dickerson, very happy right there. Oh, I bet. And then uh, the, how about these uh, last few games? Uh, Alabama's playing somebody today. They're hosting LSU. And by the way, you remember LSU a, early on? Ed Orgeron's turned this thing around. They're sitting at 6-2 and two right now. So you don't now. think they should fire him now? Remember Not a like couple I did. Weeks ago, I did. I, you know what? I, I give it to Ed. Everyone <laughs> loves – let me tell you this. Everyone loves Ed Orgeron. He's a likable guy. Likeability Very is guy. a big-time Just the way he talks. He can't even understand a word he says. But, <laughs> now, where's uh, he from to talk like that? He's is, a South guy. That's, yeah. Is he from Louisiana? Well, the or? problem was, you know, he went to Old Miss as a head coach, failed oh, miserably. I remember that. Yeah, it was, that was a debacle. But uh, so Alabama actually has to show up tonight against LSU, and then how about this game? Undefeated Miami hosting seven and one Virginia Tech. Ooh. So if Miami's for real, 
this is a game, obviously, they have to win. Oh, yeah. And then Washington hosting Oregon. Oregon's okay. They're, and just, then, they're not and, like they used to And be. then how about this one? Arizona at USC. Arizona. Rich Rod's got that team playing some pretty good football. They're oh, in the yeah, top they, 25 they, right now. They finally got some stuff figured out. Yes. You know, and then USC still trying to figure themselves out. Well, too. SC coming off their best game of the year. Yeah, I would say I so. I mean, that was the guys best healthy. game they've had this year. That's the key with them is getting that offensive line back and healthy, right. you know. so. All right, so that's a fu- that is what we call that's a, a full slate, slate of yeah, college that's good. football. I like it. That is going to continue on. By the way, the last game of the day apparently will be the Penn State-Michigan State game, which will end who knows when. A four-hour delay minimum yeah, because of weather delay. I just, I just am curious if uh, – what if it just gets canceled? Like, what do you do? Would you play tomorrow? Maybe you would. Maybe you'd just say, hey, let's play it off tomorrow. That'd be crazy. Well, I oh, mean, who's goodness. paying for those hotel rooms? Oh, well, the NCAA's got some money. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got a lot of money. And those executives say, I ain't digging in my pocket. <laughs> Not going to dig in my pocket. Oh, yeah. All right, so we set you with the schedule, and now it's that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10, 5, touchdown. Heisman Update. So now that you're into the month of November, yeah, this is when I start taking a little more seriously. Look, what do you do in the big games? What are you doing in the games in November? What yep. are you doing in the games in December? This is a wide-open Heisman race. You know, last year, Lamar Jackson got off to that huge lead, pretty much coasted to the trophy. We've had other years where, you know, the ward is pretty much locked up already. Yeah. Not this year. No, I mean, I mean, wide open. I'm going to give you three names now, and by the end of the year, all of them might be eliminated. They might be eliminated <laughs> next week. Uh, but here is my current number three. Barkley to his left through the hole, 35, 40. There goes Barkley, 50, 35, 25, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Mr. Electricity. Lights it up at Beaver Stadium tonight. All right, so I still have Saquon Barkley at number three. He still leads the nation all-purpose yards. He did have the big kickoff return against Ohio State. We thought it might be his Heisman moment. And then he disappeared, and he did nothing in the fourth quarter of that game. But like I told you, he became the reason why Ohio State was able to get back into it. And so by the way, the only detriment. reason he hung on to number three is I might have put Bryce Love there, but he sat out the Oregon State game, so he didn't even play last that's week. So uh, that's, that's good. I gave the slight edge to Barkley at number played. three. Yeah. Here is my current number two. Barrett gets the snap. Barrett fakes the handoff, looks to throw, fires into the end zone, caught Marcus Ball! Touchdown, Marcus Ball! As JT Barrett hits him with a strike. And Ohio State finds themselves in a position they've not been in all day, leading 39-38. I mean, ultimately, maybe he'll win this award. How about these stats? 13 for 13, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter against Penn State. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, and that, I mean, you, and you're dealing with the pressure of losing, coming back. I mean, it's just when you talk about the totality of the experience, got to give him credit. I thought he'd be number one on your list. Well, I'm surprised I'll there. tell you yeah. why he's not, because here is my current number one. Baker, snap. He will keep it himself. Runs right side. Into the end zone. Baker Mayfield, a touchdown. And the Sooners are on top in Manhattan. The reason I still have Baker Mayfield one is he beat JT Barrett head head badly. Um, yeah, I mean, but then it, Baker make he lost though. Well, he lost to a quality team though, as we're finding out in Iowa State, and what? he lost because Wait, his this, defense failed. Do you see the sort of the the chink in your logic though? No, no, no. You're, then you're dismissing you're saying, JT Barrett's horrible game at home against Oklahoma. But Oklahoma is a far better team than Iowa State. My point is is that. 
Baker Mayfield does not have a game on his resume anywhere near as bad as JT Barrett was against Oklahoma. Iowa State game was. No, he wasn't. His stats were not bad in that game. He hasn't had a he hasn't had his best statistical game yet. He was bad. He wasn't good enough. Not as bad as JT Barrett was against Oklahoma at home. Well, you played a better team. Look, I mean, today Mayfield could throw four picks against Oklahoma State and be eliminated. Just saying. It's over. It's early November. Oklahoma is a way JT better team. Bar- if, you're saying Bar- that if you had to say what was the worst of the two losses, is by far losing to Iowa State. Iowa State just beat undefeated TCU. You're dismissing the Cyclones like they're nothing. I'm dismissing the Big Twelve. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I Baker just a Big Mayfield 12 fan, again. And I believe that uh, you know Oklahoma just had a good day up there in uh, yes. the shoe. And outside of that, I still by the way, much uh, the who Big is 12. this Notre Dame running back? Do you know the Notre Dame running back? No. I don't even know the guy. Mr. Nameless. I'm looking at this. I didn't even know the guy's name. And suddenly he's, let me me give you an idea of a guy that might still get some looks. Rashad Penny at San Diego State, who was on top of my list not too long ago. This past week against Hawaii, rolled up 253 yards. Jeez. Now they're going on the road against San Jose State today. That could be another 250. He should have 250 to 300. And then they have uh, home games against uh, schools like New Mexico. And I mean, mean, if he puts up 1,000 yards over his last four games. You got to bring him to New York, right? At least get him there. Well, I mean, it depends on what everybody else does. (laughs) That's true. I mean, right now, look. I'll put it this way. Baker Mayfield and J.T. Barrett can control their own destiny. If either one of those guys wins out and puts out the big numbers, they're going to be handed a trophy. Simple as that. Amen to that. They're in the position right now they're to control the their own Although destiny. I would, I would have put J.T. at number one, and this is why. I don't look at it like who's the lesser of the two down games. I look at it as who had the most impressive performance and JT's but it was at victory. home. It was at home, but still though. What about his, Mayfield's win at Ohio State? You dismissed that three hundred fifty-three yard three touchdown game. Yeah, I'm going to say yes because oh, when ridiculous. you're, da- I, I think it's by far head more head. impressive. Well, this drives me I crazy. I am so head much more impressed head. with a come from behind victory against your bitter interconference rival at home. At home is fine. I don't care if it's at home or away or in a neutral site. Right. I, I thought that was more impressive than well, uh, Bayfield's winning into the the, right, we, we, uh, the got, shoot. we got what five six weeks well, left we'll here. See, we'll see. see. A lot of football to be played. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's first time, by the way, JT Barrett's even cracked my top three. No, he, Honestly, he, after he that Oklahoma game, there. I thought we were saying bye bye to JT Barrett. I, did I think too. he has something like twenty two touchdowns, no picks since then. I mean, he's <laughs> been just rolling. JT yeah, Barrett. He got the lights Does he have on. any NFL future? Always. I, every kid has an NFL future. What it comes down to is a where they go. Right. And then, B, how quickly can they adapt to wherever they go's philosophy? So what do you see system? in J.T. Barrett's game? I, he see, he's, he's a lot like these other runners. I mean, you, you compare him to the Russell Wilson's kind of guys to where he can run, he can throw. Yeah. And you get him into that spread offense that most and more and more teams are starting to well, run. Well, who has a better future in the NFL, Sam Darnold or Lamar Jackson? Oh, Sam Darnold. Why? Because Sam Darnold has the ability to make something out of nothing, and he doesn't he doesn't elongate a play to run. That's the difference right now between them. He can elongate a play and still throw, whereas Lamar Jackson would just run. So I, I look at Sam Darnold as a little bit more advanced. And then to have such a drop-off from last year. Yes. I mean, it's been like a cliff. Yeah. is sh- to me, like huge red flag. Sam Darnold, to me, hasn't dropped off. To me, it's been a function of his guys around, especially his offensive line, just basically being wiped out by injury. Lamar Jackson, it's been... 
too much success. Yeah, he, he didn't know what to do with His it. His numbers and, are not all that far yeah, off. Yeah, but he hasn't had nearly the well, electric Louisville, kind of season again, he had has last no year. Defense. I mean, they have doesn't matter. Zero. I'm talking offense. He's been shut down so many times this year. Whereas last year, he so, never did. So you He's wouldn't even step back. Will Lamar Jackson even be drafted? Of course. What do you mean? Of course. He's too talented. I remember Brett Hundley coming out of UCLA, and Rick Neuheisel said, you know, he should be late first, early second at the worst. Well, that's because fifth round own, pick. That was his own guy. By the way, I want to get that into was pretty this. Biased, by uh, we're going to talk about the total demise of the Green Bay Packers, who are listed what? as an underdog at home Monday night against a Lions team that hasn't won a game in Green Bay in, I don't know, forever. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll tell you why. But uh, let's bring on David once again. What's up, guys? But hey, wait a second. Let's go with our – I want to use your guys' logic, and let's go with the last time that, oh. that Matthew Stafford had played the Packers. How did that go again? So we're going to use that to determine how he's going to play Monday night, right? Because that's what you guys use with Kershaw. Just, so that's I the mean, kind of logic we got to go with. Right, listen, Gaston? Listen, no, I don't, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> if, if we're going to go back and forth – a previous segment, you just told Steve and the rest of the world, hey, it's a different animal for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia when they go from regular season to postseason. That's the same thing with Clayton Kershaw. He is an absolute beast during the regular season. That doesn't mean anything. Into, of it course it does. It doesn't Intensity, mean anything. The stakes are higher. The pressure's higher. I, I didn't say Kershaw he was worse. Shrinks. I didn't say he was worse. I, I mean, I said. Well, I'm saying he's worse. The numbers okay, support that, too. I said he too. was worse, but I'm not saying he was so bad to the point that you're afraid to play the guy. I never once said that. You're misquoting me. You're you're twisting my words, Gaston. No. But I am never going to say it's, it's gas, oh the it's last Gascon, by the, the last, way. Gascon. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna twist your words con? and say it right. Yeah. Well the last time the you know, <laughs> Matthew Stafford played against the Packers, I'm yeah, not gonna use that to predict the next time they play, which you were clearly doing with Kershaw. So there's a flaw in your thinking there, my man. Not at all. Oh, yeah. He's it's the, called he's illogical. The, he's like the Alex Rodriguez of the NFL, just uh, patting uh, his stats on some horrific teams. Oh, you're, you're, you're setting us up. I mean, this is this Sorry. is beautiful. Let me get into a couple things. As uh, <laughs> I will carry on for you. <laughs> Thank you. Gaston, you're unbelievable. Listen, let me give you guys some football updates, please. Gaston, he's talking to the right and into the end zone. Touchdown, Wisconsin. His name is Mr. The Badgers will keep their record perfect. A Huge fourth quarter here in Bloomington, Indiana. 44-17, the Badgers. Gentlemen, Jonathan Taylor had a monster day. 28 carries for 174 yards and one TD in that victory again. Wisconsin, a perfect 8-0 this season. Auburn just took care of Texas A&M, 42-27. Carrying on Johnson, 29 carries for a buck 45 and two TDs in the affair. Mississippi State holds on to beat UMass, 34-23. Other scores around college football, not a lot to talk about in the SEC with Missouri and Florida, but the Gators did get trashed again, this time 45-16 to the hands of the Missouri Tigers. Meanwhile, Baylor... Everyone could stand up and give them a round of applause. They're now a mighty one and eight this year. Thirty-eight to nine. They finally nice. won a ball game. Shout out Deb Carson somewhere. But they uh, win that ball game at Kansas. And Purdue beats Illinois twenty-nine to ten. Again, Brady, I still have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Look at that. Again. Because you're not listening. <laughs> Gascon. Whatever, Gaston. I don't know. Not Gaston. Same thing. It's the same thing. Are you Gaston Green? No. It's Gascon, Gaston. It's the same exact sound that comes out of my mouth. Okay? I can't help you guys. Uh, David, thank you very much. All right, once again, uh, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 50% or more on car insurance at Geico. 
Go to Gaga.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. If you uh, are a uh, someone that follows the odds, one of the most bizarre numbers was posted for the Monday night football game, Green Bay hosting the Detroit Lions, the same Lions that lost 23 years in a row in Green Bay. That sne- uh, streak was snapped a couple of years ago. Remember, Detroit finally snapped that streak in 2015, 18, 16. Um, but to say that the Lions do not play well in uh, the state of Wisconsin is an understatement. And yet, the Lions are listed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Green Bay, Monday Night Football, because Green Bay's coach has been exposed. He's been exposed that without game? Aaron Rodgers, he can't do anything. <laughs> That's basically what they've decided. Oh, you are is that so the funny. only reason the only reason Green Bay is good. relevant is Aaron Rodgers. He did pretty good with Favre. Okay, so he has to have a Hall of Fame quarterback, <laughs> in other words, to uh, win. But no, you, you, so he's been the beneficiary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the other one, the quarterback of the You just said, no, you just said, oh, without Aaron. But hey, you did pretty good far. Okay, my there. point is, the quarterbacks <laughs> have made McCarthy not the other way around. Well, if it wasn't for McCarthy, though, the argument could be said that uh, these quarterbacks don't become the quarterbacks they are. You know, because McCarthy, he was a huge factor in Brett Favre's development. He was his position coach in '99. And obviously, he's been there after all he went through the oh, process oh, oh, oh. of Aaron Rodgers. By the way, his year at the quarterback coach, he had won three consecutive MVP right, awards, you're, you're and then he took one. over, and you're then right. he was gone. I was just, joking. I mean, I, was, I tried to slip up. I, I tried to slide past you, Steve, and you caught me. All right, well, let's let's talk you're about. Exa- you're absolutely my, right on that. Why, was why did Green Bay look so inept in their first game without? Oh, uh, that's Aaron because Rogers. okay. Here's Mike McCarthy's philosophy. Yeah, when and this was the same thing happened when Aaron became the quarterback. And he basically believes that if you have a young quarterback, that we're going to have to protect him. We're going to have to rally the wagons around the guy. Right. What that means is, is you run the ball, which they did. Aaron Jones rushed for 130 some yards against that Saints defense, and then defensively, you got to carry it. You got to go out there and basically shut down that offense. Unfortunately, they're playing Drew Brees, which is an offense, as uh, many people have said, you can't. Stop them. You can only hope to contain them. They got two interceptions in that game. How about yeah, Mark Ingram still, he, running for 100 yards against but I mean, the defense? To me, if you if you hold the Saints offense to 26 points, mm-hmm. you should win. Like, okay, let me that, give, that's, uh, let that's me give some stats. a winning effort defensively, Brad but your defense Hundley, wasn't good enough. Brad Hundley against a enough. Saints defense that does not exist. 12 of 25, 87 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. That's a bad day for him. That is a bad day for any NFL that's, that's quarterback. Terrible. And the question but is, why was you. it so bad? Well, let me tell you. They didn't fully commit to Brett Hundley. They were still having him run some regular ran. kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, they ran some read option, but it wasn't like what you saw at Houston. He ran for a touchdown. It. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, the, it's not the same offense that you would see at these other places that have fully committed to these running quarterbacks. Well, Houston, Seattle, uh, Carolina, you you could throw Philadelphia in there. Was well, McCarthy City in capable there. of changing the offense oh, to fit the talents capable. of Brett? Well, why didn't so he's he do had a whole, Well. Like I told you, he felt like we're going to protect him. And you notice he didn't throw the ball deep very often no. either. We're going to protect him. And it was it was an old school mentality. It was just, it was, he's back in 05 again. He needed to, he's got this game, he's got to let it rip. He's got to let, he's got to let Hundley sink or swim. And he's got to be, he's had a whole off bye week to do this too, by the way. He's got to build an offense centered on being able to run the ball. And if you can't do that, then you're in trouble. I'm going to tell you that right now. It won't get any better for him. So, He's got to build an offense that's going to look a lot like the Eagles. It's going to look like the Chiefs, you know, these other offenses that have catered to these running quarterbacks. 
They got to do it. If they don't, he's going to continue to struggle, and they're going to continue to struggle. Well, I mean, I, again, now what what are, you, what are you hearing about Rodgers? Is he going to come back or not? Uh, Rodgers, Roger, by the way, Rodgers said, "I'm not going to put my career on jeopardy." He basically yeah, put his own foot down, saying, "No, I'm not going to make any smart. heroic comeback." Yeah. Uh, you know, he's too smart. He knows that nobody like. It, is that a team guy or is that a me guy? That's how you have to be in the NFL. You have to be both. You have to know, like, hey, got to look at my career because you know for a second that if he comes back, let's say he comes back too early, breaks it again, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, is out of the, you know, just sort of out of sight, out of mind, and they bring another guy in. And, he, or, you know, even this case, like right now, he's honestly at risk. There is, and people don't talk about this, there is a chance that Hunley. Even though the first game didn't work out, but let's say Hundley just explodes this next game. All right. Let's say they finally customize the offense around him. Yes. And he just goes off Dak Prescott slash just Sean Watson style. I mean, he is out of this world and his contract's coming up. If you're Ted Thompson and your philosophy had always been young guy, cheaper guy, what do you do? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna just be stubborn, hey, I'm going with Aaron, you gotta see you know what I'm saying? There's I mean, Aaron knows the reality. The reality is you can be You don't replaced. think Aaron's uh, situation just was strengthened tenfold after this last game against New Orleans? Well, it's been one game. But my point is, is he what gets if they the reality. Can you imagine losing Monday night at home against the Lions? Yeah. Any, every week is a different week, okay? And the Lions are the good. The Lions who at one point, they're three and four. They're they're a lot better than the record is. Oh, I'm going to tell you that. The Yemeni, they lost 23 were, years in a they row were in Green a, Bay. They were a... An inch, millimeter away from being four and three and beating the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, they've been in every game. Uh oh, West Virginia just lit up uh, Iowa State. Big touchdown right out of the box. Man, boom! Be ready. But no, I mean, I, I, I'm still. Cause yeah. Back to your question about Aaron Rodgers. He gets the realities of this business. He knows like he's got to be 100 percent healthy. There's no way you're going to go out there and play hurt, get hurt again. And then all of a sudden, you're not in their plans anymore, or you're not playing at your highest level, or you can't play your highest level because you just got hurt. Mm-hmm. He gets the business side of it, and the business side is you got to watch out for yourself because nobody else is. I, luckily, no, I'm not luckily with the Packers, with though. The Packers, I'll tell you this: they always are conservative with players, like myself. I had an ACL injury that wasn't fully torn; it was hanging on by a thread. I, I actually played a number of games with it, and uh, they're like, "No, shut it down, get it, get it, get it repaired, and come back." You know, they weren't like, hey, we need you to go out there and lay your body on the barbed wire for us. And I'm sure they're not going to tell Aaron the same thing, but he's being smart. You got to go and you got to do what's best for you. All right. Well, let's see if Mike uh, McCarthy is actually a good coach or whether he's just been the beneficiary, one of the great quarterbacks in NFL history. Well, that's my whole point is, is there's no way you can say that he's not a good coach based off of the work he's done with Aaron. Aaron doesn't become Aaron Rodgers as we know him today if he doesn't have Mike as his or, coach. Or McCarthy isn't the coach he is without Aaron Rodgers. No, because I saw Aaron when he first showed up. Yes. If Aaron, I, I'm telling you this. If first Aaron round draft pick, yes. would have played immediately. Yeah. Like, let's say he was forced into action. Look at his, you, you are a stat guy. Yeah. Go look at his first ever action. 2006. Yes. New England, do you want to pull that up? I know, I know you want to tell me about this game because you were there. Well, I was, but look yeah. at his, do you want to go look at his stats? All right, you want me to look up his stats You should right go look now. at his efficiency rating. It was absolutely atrocious. All right. So my point is, is if Aaron were in a situation to where he had to have been forced into action early on in his career, everybody would have said, this guy's a bust. This guy, he's he, he should have never even been drafted in the first round. All I mean, right, it here it been is. All right, in 2006. Against the Patriots. Against the Patriots, a game that they lost 35. He was 4 of 12, 32 yards. They lost 35 nothing. And what was his uh, quarterback rating? That would be a 42. How about this? Wow. A year later, at Dallas, 
which was a game he came into, again, in relief. 18 of 26, 201 yards, touchdown, 104 rating. And then from day one as a starter, look at those numbers Dominant. in 2008. But I'm going to tell from you. From day one. But I'm going to tell you. That, I he mean, made McCarthy. 06 was a year where that if he would have played, I wouldn't doubt. And I, I don't know if the light bulb went on or whatever, but that was a year where he was He was struggled. also sacked three times in that game. Yeah, he struggled, man. And, I, and But that, that that game you just referenced in 07, that was the game where what everybody went defense like, defense that day, Mr. Defense? 35 well, nothing. We were playing against a uh, an offense that was extremely explosive, had, and they that pressed game was all at, the You buttons. had 70,000 at Lambeau Field, and you laid that egg? Oh, yeah. It was a disaster. That was good for us, though. That actually led to us turning the whole season around. Wow. Getting beat like that. Look at that. But, hey, one thing uh, was yeah, confirmed. But you did hold Brady to four touchdowns. I'll I tell think. you this. One thing that was confirmed. Lawrence Maroney at 82 yards rushing. Couldn't yeah. you stop that guy? Yeah, we did all right with him. Yeah, yeah. How many times? Did, they only run, <laughs> What did they average on the ground? By the way, in that same game, game, Favre was 5 of 15 for 73 yards, so he wouldn't do anything either. Yeah, but uh, what was the uh, average per carry for the Patriots that game? Uh, average per carry, let's see, they had eight, 19 carries for 82 yards, 12 carries. Actually, not so bad. I mean, Dylan, uh, Corey Dillon had 12 carries, 31 yards. That's 31, about three yards a carry. That was a win for us. That was my job. Stop the run. I did my job that day. Unfortunately, not every, you know, I mean, just that's the team. That's why every, everybody's a team. That's why everybody's connected, you know, but, uh, but no, I mean, the well, here, here's the problem. Is, I'm, hey, I'm looking but, at the starting lineup. Hey. You didn't start the game. I started the game. It says here, the starting lineup, you had a four-man front to start the game with Pickett and Williams inside, Campman. Oh, and, okay. Well, we started in nickel, and then I was you the had starter. Two that. linebackers, Barnett and AJ. Yeah, I mean, I was the starter, though. And yes. so, yeah. And he had five defensive backs. So we started in nickel. Yeah, yeah. we started in the nickel. That game, they, they started yeah. in nickel. Who was but, the worst that guy? Patrick Dendy? Who was he? Yeah, he was their nickelback. <laughs> He's not the worst guy. He was good. He's in the NFL. What do you want? But no, the uh, the point the, from that yes. game though was mm-hmm. is every time we tried to trick the Patriots, right. guess what? Mm. They had an answer for us. They were still on our signs. Like so, crazy. you're just saying they were a little bit smarter, or that, that, well, that Belichick was a lot smarter than McCarthy. Look, everybody tries to steal signs or yeah. did steal signs, right. and the reality is mm. is that they just did it better than everybody else, mm. and still do. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio. How do they steal signs when nobody gives signs anymore? Yeah, really, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do they continue to do it, the Patriots, year after year good. after year? I mean, after just year accept it. They don't cheat. They're good. All right. We have much more on this busy day in college football from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios coming up next. Coming down the stretch for us, great news is a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Want to thank the crew today. Nick Hi-oh. has got his L.A. Chargers shirt. So the Chargers looking good this week as they play nobody. They, they have a bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're solid in their bye week. Solid. It's not a good outing against the Patriots. They played pretty well against oh. the Patriots. How about that last throw of the game? It was a rough one. I mean, let, let, let's, let's, can I can talk about that one play? Talk All right, so you scrambled to get one last play. In fact, they sort of threw a risk because they had no timeouts left, had a play over the middle. New England did them a favor. You saw New England defensive lineman jumping over the line. Yeah. To give them one second. So you run a play where you had Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry, your big tight ends, actually running side by side. And what they want to do is get into the end zone. So, you know, you have a basically a jump ball situation. Phillip Rivers, I, I guess he's been there before. This was not like a 50-yard throw. It's like a, about, a, I think they were about the 38-yard line, something along those lines. He throws a pass before they even got to the end zone. Wow. They hadn't even turned around, and the ball was intercepted at the three-yard line. 
I'm like, what just happened there? You're scrambling to get this one last play, and you threw a ball that landed at the three-yard line, and you could still see the tight ends were literally side-by-side, had their backs turned because they hadn't actually gotten the end zone. They were ready to turn around for the jump ball. How does that happen with a a 14-year veteran, a quarterback? Out of sync. That guy's just – I I wonder if the guy's sort of like just done. I don't know what happened on that. Like sometimes I look at him, he almost just seems like he's over it. Well, they didn't throw the ball much in this last game. Nick was upset about that. Uh, You know, this is where Anthony Lynn has uh, put his foot down. We're going to start running the ball. Uh, David Gascon. Thank you. Handling updates today. And, you know, Rob, Robert is, you had a lot of arguments yeah, yeah. today with everybody. Brady, I mean, you got after Rob. I did. I argued with everybody here except for Nick. Yeah, Nick and Nick's okay. I guess you could Pretty start surprised. something there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm an argumentative kind of guy. Just ask my wife. All right. So, anyway, good stuff. Yeah. It's <laughs> my life. Yes. You're not this way at home, are you? Oddly. Oh, no. No. All the time. All the time, really? I mean, I'm not. Tr- I don't try to be argumentative. Who- I just, you know, when when statements are made, you yeah. got to give some kind of like I tell See, people you and I are all the, the same time. way. See, I my, like at least my, give some basis behind your. You can make any. You can make any statement you, you want. Know, you, you can say what, the sun doesn't shine, although it is shining. Yeah, but, but you, you give see, me like something to back it you up. Don't understand? See, when you don't, I really we got to look for that. One of the reasons, and and I love my ex. I have nothing against her. Yeah, but trying to coexist with her, it's it's on me because you see. Most guys will say, you know, happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. And you just go along with it. Yeah. That's not in my nature. I it. argue about everything. Yeah, you got to eventually and just if, let it go. And if you're married to someone that is oh, not yeah, going to back off. Oh, you got to let it go. Yeah. Then it's just, then it's just, it, every conversation well, to, ends exactly. in a argument. Yeah, one of you have to just say, oh, okay, you win, you win, take, what do you no, want to do? Okay. We never have that. Neither one of us were ever going to give in. Yeah, that's the key. But your wife and you don't give in either. I do. You give in. She'll give in sometimes, but uh, mm. I mean, there's times where I'll just let it go. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean, I'm not that argumentative. By the way, I try to look at the bigger picture. How about that? I, I, I we have a little over a minute. I, I wanted to bring up something that was just ridiculous to me. Yeah, what's that? In the aftermath of the Houston Astros, and congratulations, what a story! Just four years after losing 111 games, it's their first ever. Too. They win the World Series. Yeah, right. Great young team. Yeah. As soon as the game was over, A.J. Hinch, one of the first questions he got, they won the first World Series in franchise history. Are you going to go to the White House? <laughs> I and, he, and he literally looked at the guy and said, you know, I'm not thinking about that right now. What oh, I'm thinking about is, I mean, immediately, this. and they were going to say, so in other words, well, if you go to the White House, then you're supportive of the, and he's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and funny George Springer, who was the series MVP, what a series he had. Five yeah. homers, everything oh, else. Oh, he was phenomenal. He said, look, it's not about politics. I mean, if I got invited to the White House, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, regardless who's the president. Are you kidding me? You know, back to the uh, to the game, though. Yeah. What I enjoyed about Springer yeah. is he's a normal-looking dude. Yep. If he's walking down the street, you wouldn't even suspect that he was an athlete. Yes. And yet he was hitting with power. Oh. I like Swing. that. I like that. It was nice. It was very refreshing. He didn't have these big, juiced-up, you know, meatheads. So, I would say this about you, Darvish. After uh, Springer doubled in the first inning, why is he still on the mound to have Springer hit a home run off of him? It's because you should have put Kershaw on as your, you should put Kershaw second as your starter. In, no, no, but Kershaw was a problem for the Dodgers he that never entire was. series. never was. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.